Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I used to get a buzz out of Robin, getting in trouble, of course, getting locked up. We turn our guns off leading, and it's great. I just think there's too many other things going on in life to enjoy. The government putting that up now is just, it's not even the nail in the coffin. It's they've dug the hole and they've thrown you into it. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ. Cougan. Fox 96 FM. Ah, lads. Ah, lads. 4,250 euro. Wouldn't it be nice to give that away before 12 o'clock today? Another chance to play The Word coming up at between 11 and 12. We'll be given one more listen. You must have listened to this a hundred times. The last... Guest this morning was from Emma Davies. She guessed Pedro. Now she'd been trawling through the lads' social media accounts. You see, people are starting to dig deep now because there's big money involved here. They're starting to dig deep into this. What on earth is the dog's name? I met the coolest dog. The dog's name. It's <laughs> my mother didn't get a look in for the entire hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four thousand two hundred and fifty euro. We'll play it again after eleven. That is the word on Corks ninety six FM. I also have tickets today for the Marquee. Tickets for Brian Adams and tickets for Van Morrison. All right, fun with that this hour. So plenty to do. But I'm I'm sit sit. Hang on, stay there. Moreda and and Katie have just arrived into the studio because pre sales are on for Shania Twain as of this morning. Sit in there, Maureen. And Katie, you, I think you can try that mic over there. I would, I'm wondering where it is now. It's on. <laughs> step in the, both of you step into the one there. Did you get tickets? How does it work? PJ? Yes, go on. Man, I feel like a woman. Well, you look like a woman, so that's a good start. <laughs> The tickets are, are got. We have the tickets. Right. We're going to see Shania and Cork. They're in the bag. Right. Now, pre most of the real world goes on Friday. So, pre-sales were this morning. At yeah. what time? 
they went they started um, around 9am so the link went live then they, like you got the opportunity to sign up uh, through MCD when the concert was announced yesterday they didn't really make it known I think it's people who were like serial yeah. concert goers will say there has to be a pre-sale so it's there it, it moved along very quick actually like there was like what something like 600 in a queue and then all of a sudden you were straight one, through yeah. so that would kind of suggest that I don't know where demand is falling on this particular concert because Shania is playing in Dublin yeah. the same weekend that the Tay or Taylor Swift is there as well yeah. so it's hard to it kind of gives you a gauge I suppose on what the demand is like there's been kind of mixed reaction because some people have been saying they've been hearing different things about concerts of late so it's hard to know it gives you a good understanding though of where the demand is at but I just think it's going to be a great girly night out of course you know um, did, 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 did you think it was is it well will on the basis of how many tickets do they put up for pre-sale because it only so holds 15,000 out there if there was 15,000 there usually I would say maybe 2,000 at a max like they don't sell them all but I think where a lot of people are going to have got cut out this morning and if you're listening going why am I not getting into pre-sale I got the link you have to go through that email you can't just go into your Ticketmaster app or log in and then go through. You have to go through the email where you got the pre-sale See, access. Katie, you and I have talked about it. You, you're an old pro at this stage. You know, there's, 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 a, there's a touch of the weathered old pro. Like, any chance of this dynamic pricing crack starting now? Because we know what happened with the Taylor tickets. No, no. no? So they're set prices. Um, we got a choice there of the standard, which was just the €80 Euro each. Um, and then first of all we were offered golden tickets golden circle right. which together was coming to the bones of 300 so I was sorry. and I was able to quickly go back out of that and go back in and there were still tickets left sorry for, were you going to be in the band like for that oh, sure look if well, she needs look, me exclusive <laughs> uh, exclusive announcement here this morning uh, she said yesterday on her own Instagram tonight that she's got smiles for miles because uh, she's added cork to her dates so mm. yeah I think we, we've no bother joining her so the stage. date is the 25th of June that's it. Twenty fifth of June, and Rag and Bone Man is opening for her, which is another That's great exciting. act. Yeah, you know, I'd pay to see him so, anyway. We'll have know. to get the leopard print and the. I was just going to say the leopard print. Like, yeah. I mean, are you going to come with us, PJ? I'm not wearing leopard print. Ah, uh, you'd look lovely. No. <laughs> the, the crowd in the morning have want to get me swimming in the nude for Radiothon. Whoa. Right? I am not. What well, if I even if I end up doing that? I am certainly not leopard. Look at me. Look. A do you, leopard how do you print? think leopard print's going to stick on that? A bit of body paint, be and you'll cover both in one go. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. I really. <laughs> Let's go, girl. So you, you've got your tickets, man. You look like you. Simon made a total show of himself yesterday on Instagram. Did anyone see that? But he has some leopard print for you, like if you want it. I don't impress him much. I think I'll just stay at home and listen to the CD. I'd be half afraid. I really would be. You'll probably hear the concert from home anyway. <laughs> I will. Oh, I will. I'll go out in the garden and set up the barbecue. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Katie and Maureen have gotten pre-sale tickets for Shania Twain. Um, Trisha McCarthy. Trisha, how how have you morning. fared how out you? this morning? I'm all right. How how have you fared out? I'm grand. I'm just pulled over on the side of the road on my way to work. And did you get the tickets on the pre-sale? I didn't, no. My friend was after texting me yesterday morning sending me, Trish Ashley Twain, will we get there? And I didn't. I just literally didn't get the tickets. So. Well, well, that was just the pre-sale. They go on sale on Friday morning, for real. Yep. When did you first... You saw her singing with the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I, I idolised the Backstreet Boys. There was a bit of rivalry between me and my sister. So she loved Take That. I love Boys Own and Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I'd have been a Backstreet um, now rather than Boys Own. But anyway, yeah. 
she came on the telly one day um, live, I think, I don't know if it was their concert or her concert, singing, and um, they, they just did From This Moment, and it was just lovely. Isn't that and a I wonderful song? She duetted with the moment. Yeah. yeah, she did. It's actually brilliant duet. And, and did, did, like, did you know anything about country <laughs> music at the time? Hand a clue. I, I, my mom and dad used to listen to Garth Brooks. That would be about it. Right. Right. And I know she used to be his kind of a rival, actually, in the nineties. But yeah. like, I hadn't a clue basically about it. Yeah. And then I started to um, see her videos on MTV. That's how old I am. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so a fan <laughs> since nineteen ninety eight, and you've never had the chance to yeah. see her. No, oh, never. How, how cool would it be to get tickets from Musgrave Park? Oh, it'd be unbelievable. What's I'd your be favorite screaming. song? I have a couple. I love From This Moment, see, because I sing it as well with my sister, so that would be one of my favourites. But um, Honey, I'm Home, When, them, all her older kind of songs. Yeah, the, the, the real sort of old hard country stuff, the, the way she, where she yeah. started. She, she, she didn't, there was a lot of years, was it 10 to 12 years where she didn't, she didn't tour at all. She just kept releasing records and people were looking for a tour. Yeah. But there was none for 12 years, uh, which is why her tickets are so popular she, now. Well, that's it. And see, she lost her voice as well um, a couple of years back and she just stopped touring then, I think. Yeah. So when she came back then, I think everyone is like, oh my God, remember Shania Twain? Yeah. It's like reopening our, our reliving our dreams. That's it. Like, remember Shania Twain? Anyone swear she was 80? Do you know what I mean? Like- <laughs> I know. <laughs> No, I'm not. Well, that's revealing my age, too. <laughs> she, made great, she made great records. She's still making great records. I, I think still she the is. one would be my favourite. That's the one, if I was going to, to Muzzer, that's the one I'd be waiting for. Still the one. I, yeah. I like that song. Uh, and of course, they all want Or that. even uh, Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Everyone knows that one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Or that yeah. don't impress me. You see, that's just the thing. It'll be a greatest hits night because you can go through a list. Like she could fill two hours with stuff that everybody knows, which is fantastic. You could. All right. And, and, you could. And Rag and Bone Man is the. So you, you're going to get online early morning Friday? Yes, that's right. All right. Well, well, I'll try my best anyway, you know, before the kids get up. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Not that kid. Everything, everything goes out the window when the kids win. When the kids get, get up. Oh, All right. I'm telling you. Good luck with, good luck with it. Good luck with it, Tricia. Uh, 1998, she first saw Shania Twain singing a duet with the Backstreet Boys. I don't know whether that was ever recorded or whether we could find, ever find that on you. Is that ever? I wonder, is that on YouTube? If that's on YouTube, we might be able to find it. Uh, now, I I do remember talking to Trina Murphy about her little girl, Mia, a couple of years ago. Do you remember this? This happened when Shania played Dublin. When was it? Goodness me, when was it? Come on over. Oh, sing it. Come on Do you remember that? It was a little girl from Cork. Was it Mia was her name? And she sang at the Three Arena with uh, Shania the last time Shania was here. That's lovely. We'll come back to this. Pre-sales this morning, our two professionals, because they are like, let's face it, Katie could get tickets for anything at this stage. She's a, a pro. So they were there. I mean, they were there this morning. I could see them inside on phones, on laptops, on iPads, inside in the new... We got them. So, pre-sale tickets are out, and the actual tickets go on sale Friday for Shania Twain. I think 
possibly, arguably, is it Cork's biggest gig announcement of the summer? We got Springsteen in May. He's been here before. Brian Adams. I have tickets for Brian Adams, by the way, to give away later on. I have tickets for Van Morrison to give away later on. Hopefully, at some stage, we might get some tickets for Shania. But is it the biggest announcement that we've had in Cork this summer? Certainly one of the ones that's generated the most excitement. 0818 Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The weekend. On Cork's 96FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors for the Volkswagen ID bus. Fully electric, fully connected, and full of new ideas. NewmarketVolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Right, before I go back to Shania, pre-sale tickets on sale this morning. Not too sure how many. We think around 2,000. Van Morrison. Want to go to see Van Morrison live at the Marquee this summer? I have tickets, a pair of tickets for Van the Man uh, live at the Marquee. So, in 1967, I know, but look the lyrics up. In 1967, one of Van's biggest hits, like one of the hits you go to the gig to hear. When you go to hear Van Morrison, this is one of the songs you go to hear. Right? It was banned. In 1967, by the BBC. What was it? I'll give you a clue, because 1967 is like 100 centuries ago. It had words in it about making love in the green, green grass. 1967, that was, that had shocked the, the, the parish priest, like in 1967. So what song... What? Van Morrison's song was banned in 1967. A pair of tickets for that. Draw a winner before 10, actually. And I have Brian Adams' tickets after 10 to give away. But don't mind Brian Adams, though. Don't mind Van Morrison. All very important in their own right. But I played this a second ago. Come on over. Sing it. Come on over. Come on Trina, are you sorted? Good morning. We're sorted. Tickets are in the bag. (laughs) You got the pre-sales. We did, we did. I had no choice. I never would have heard the end of it. And had your Dublin tickets (laughs) by any chance? Yeah, we do. We were in I was in the queue for Hyde Park tickets and I just the pre-sale code for Dublin came through while I was in the queue for Hyde Park, so thank God I was a bit far back in that queue. Um, so we got the Dublin tickets. So now we have Dublin and Cork. So that's, I've one happy girl going to see. We have the cowboy hats out ready to go. They'll be getting a, a double whammy that week. <laughs> <laughs> How old is Mia now? Nine. That was last September. She was eight. But Mia is just, Mia is your typical autistic female in that if she likes something, she likes something yeah and she knows everything there is yeah so it's Shania and then Shania pulled her up on stage so now it's Shania Shania so she watches that clip on YouTube of herself all the time of course she does why wouldn't she why wouldn't she remind us again how it happened Trina 
I'm fully convinced Mia manifested it herself because she kept saying, I'm going to meet Shania Twain. And I kept telling her, these things don't happen. You know, you watch those clips and she had seen this thing on YouTube where somebody bumped in to Taylor Swift's mom before the concert and they got to meet Taylor Swift. And you're trying to explain to your then eight-year-old, these things are made up for mm. views and likes. You know, things don't actually happen like that. So she made us go queue early. This is brilliant to know that Musgrave Park is less pressure than queuing early at Malahide because I know she's going to want to get to the top. If we get that out of the way at Musgrave Park in a small venue, we'll enjoy Malahide way better because it's so big. But she made us go queue early. She wanted to be up the top and I was saying, Mia, will we go down the back? The sound is better down the back. We'll have a dance. No, I'm going to the top. I want to see her. I want to meet her. And even during the concert, she said to me, Shania is looking at me, mum, she's looking over. And I was saying to her, Mia, she can, really can't see off the stage with the lights. <laughs> but Shania trying to stop the concert and said, there's a little girl over here I have to meet. So she brought her up on stage and she said to her when she got up, she says, you know, you're just so cute. You know all the words to all the songs, which she does. Um, yeah, so she had spotted her kind of singing all the all the songs and stuff. So she brought her up, which was very lovely. What you don't see in that clip is she sang um, a chorus of our wedding song to me as well. Yeah. Uh, after she she sang with Mia, so I mean, Mia's fully convinced now that this is going to happen again. Well, well, here's the thing. Fully right? I'm very sure that you, it's not just Mia who has watched that YouTube clip. Who knows? Shania herself <laughs> may don't. have watched that YouTube clip. Maybe another appearance could be manifested. Maybe Shania could realise she's in his hometown. I, I don't know. She'd have to be... I mean, she was so lucky for this to happen the first time. I keep telling her you would have to be extremely, extremely lucky. I'm trying to manage the expectations, you know, because even yesterday when she came out of school, I was saying, Mia, guess where Shania is coming? And Mia thought we were going to Vegas to see her. So this <laughs> child's expectations. <laughs> ah, yeah, but that's that's eight-year-olds. Like, they think they own the world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, this this one, this one definitely. There is a, ma'am, it could happen. Yes, it could. And it's going to happen. I said it was going to happen the last time and you didn't believe me, ma'am. Oh, Dad I've, believed me. Oh, we've had that conversation yeah. in my house a hundred times about everything. I know, I know, I know, I know. Come here, you're a yeah, fan a long so, time, though. You're not just going along for the for the fun of it. Oh, no. When did you first no, see Shania? The first time she came to Ireland in her Come On Over tour was in Nolan Park, Kilkenny. It was about 21 years ago. Right. It was so long ago that Girls Allowed and um, Chrissy Hind actually were the the backup artist. It was Girls Allowed before. They were huge. They were on the stage in their yellow tracksuits. It was <laughs> that Girls Allowed before they blew up. Uh, that was about 21 years ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that was my first, my first. So she's been listening to it at home yeah. with me. And then, of course, she got the Lyme disease that attacked her vocal cords and she couldn't sing for a long time. So when was she came disease? back then, Was it Lyme disease? Was it Lyme disease? That's what happened, yeah. So and um, it affected her voice. That's why she had no voice for years. Okay. Uh, she got a tick bite. Yeah, during her during the last leg of the come on over to her, she got a tick bite when she was on a horse. Yeah. So that's why she didn't sing for years. Yeah, and then no, she I'm came a, back. I know so. she stepped she stepped away for years, and I mm. know that to something to do with. I didn't know that that was Lyme disease. Cause, mm -hmm. It was Lyme, yeah. Mm. It was Lyme, yeah. Tick bite. Yeah. So um, that's why she sounds a bit different now as well, because the her her vocal cords are different. You know, she had to do a lot of work. But um, 
So when she came back, then I went to that that tour in Dublin. Um, so yeah, I've, every time she's come, I've seen her. But I grew up listening to to her music, so it's, it's her concerts are fabulous. You should go along with the girls, PJ. You'll have a great. Time. <laughs> I I might go along, or I am not wearing leopard crack. print. I am not wearing leopard print. You do not want to see. You, can you do not my leopard print cowboy hat. Nobody wants to see anything this wide wearing leopard print. <laughs> No, it's grey crack. It's grey crack. Uh, this night concert, you'll have a great time going with the girls. But yeah, and look, it's great to have it at our doorstep and such. A, the sound will be fabulous in such a small venue. Yeah. The country artists are a different kettle of fish when you go live, and an outdoor venue as well. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they do. I, I, one thing I have noticed that is country artists. Garth Brooks. Everyone talks about Garth Brooks and how important the sound being perfect is. They seem to have mm. a big thing. Country, country and Western seems to be followed by people. The, the sound seems to be particularly special at their gigs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And Shania then as well, like as she grew older, she just seems to have gotten more comfortable with herself. So even at the Dublin gig, you know, it was kind of relaxed, you know, even after when she, when Mia came back down, she was saying, I'd love to do a gig with just all requests. And you see her when she's in the residency in Vegas, she brings people up and does requests and, you know, she likes to interact with the fans and stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. I, like, I thought she was very mumsy with Mia, you know. She gave her a hug when she came up and Fabulous. she was kind of minding her. It was lovely, yeah. yeah it was so that, nice. That's that, that stuff to be treasured. Does she know yet, yeah. Mia, that you've got tickets? No, she went to school before we got the tickets, so she's going to be in school now all day. I'd say jumping up and down in the seat wondering, <laughs> did we get the tickets? And I've told her we may not get the tickets. It's such a small venue it's going to be, you know, hard to get to. You have to manage this kid and her expectations, PJ. You know, she's... <laughs> <laughs> because, because you have every parent's nightmare, Jesus. How do I make this happen? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's great that she has, you That's know, fabulous. that when she gets interested in something. Yeah, it's fabulous. I'm sure she'll excel in whatever she wants to do in life. But for the meantime, it's us that has to <laughs> kind of manage it and bring her back down to reality. So, no, it's going to be a fabulous night and it's great to be on the doorstep, you know. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Tickets secured for uh, Trina and Mia. Mia, who sang with Shania on stage uh, last time she was in Ireland. I wonder how we got. Uh, Breda, have you have you managed to organise tickets? Breda. I have. Thank God. You're sorted, are you? Yeah. Okay. You you you're only you're very young. You're only twenty seven. So like you were only a baby when she stopped touring. Um yeah, her first album was released in ninety two. Um and I wasn't born till ninety six. But I never got to see her tour until she kind of came back from her retirement. Um from being out sick. Like so, it's yeah. been a long long end and fascination. When I finally did get to see her, I was delighted. How did you get into her music first? My my mother. Right. Your Country mom- music is very big in my family. Okay, so the the, yeah. the CDs were lying around the house kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they tell me here you have tickets for Malahide Castle already and tickets do, for yeah. Belfast already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're some super fan. I am, to be fair. I've been following her a long time. Um, and I've noticed as well, you know, over the years people going to concerts and I, the last concert that I went to, I seen fans standing outside in the line learning her songs on the way in the door. Yeah. And then you have, we'd say, fans like myself or the girls that were just stand there that, you know, struggle to get tickets sometimes. And it's very, I suppose it's frustrating for people, but 
I'd be kind of a fan of her older, more country albums. Now, don't get me wrong, I love her newer stuff as well, but like the songs that I'd be, my favourites would be songs that people wouldn't have even heard before. What's your favourite? My favourite song would be Dance With The One That Brought You. It's off her debut album, Sinead Wynn. That's an old song. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's going right back. <laughs> Come here, I'm looking at this here. You have 20 or more CDs, including yeah. special editions, but you don't have a CD player. No, I just collect them. <laughs> CD players, are, they're gone with the wind now these days, uh, unfortunately. But Would you get one well, if you wanted one these days, no? No, no, I don't. There's none in the cars anymore. There's it, everything is streaming now online. But I just I like the the idea of still having you know the records and the CDs and things like that. Yeah, do you have the records too? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you get a record player now easier than you get a CD player. To be honest, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. What about what about merch? So you you get all the concert po- Will you get posters now for? Will you get a copy of the poster? How do you go about getting a copy of a concert poster? Do you have to buy it or do you send ask the promoter for it or what? Um, well, when you're when you're a member of the fan club from the website, usually sometimes things like that just randomly go up for sale. Um, you can buy them from the online merch store, but sometimes concerts, um, the, the actual prices of the merch at concerts is it's a lot. Like you could pay up to six euros for just a t-shirt. So yeah. in recent years, the amount of merch I've bought would probably gone down a bit. Um, but years ago, I'd be buying up everything that I could get my hands on. Yeah, any friends? Like, are they into Shania as well? I mean. I, would you believe country seems to become uh, fashionable at the moment with the release of Beyonce's new album but I used yeah. to get flagged for wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat when I was a child but now it seems to be all the craze and all the rave Not and anymore. been I, doing it for years <laughs> I, I, I'm weak for that new Beyonce song by the way it's brilliant uh, I'm, I don't know I'm two minds about it to be really? honest really? she did a whole yeah. country album I look forward to that well she did on a country album which kind of coattailed on the back of Music that was already written, like she didn't actually put any of her effort into rewriting something Ooh, herself. So. Very bl- and didn't Taylor Swift start out in the country scene as well? She did, yeah. The whole idea behind country music is the stories that the music tells. Yeah. It's not about money or power or the things that you see on the radio most of the time these days. It's about telling stories, you know what I mean? And a lot of it, like Beyonce's music. Uh, don't get me wrong, I like her, but the country album it doesn't tell any story, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more, more a style than a story, really, from what yeah, I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that tune. Though. Would you be a bit of a Swifty? That's popular already. Would, would you be a bit of a Swifty? Not really, no. No? No. Ah. <laughs> Very much I Shania. Like I like songs with substance, CJ. I like Garth Brooks. I like Shania Twain. I like a lot of American country artists, but I'd be more inclined to go with the older American country artists, like, yeah. you know... Yeah, the, the, well, I've got to tell yeah. you, I'm right, I, I'm, I'm right with you there, Rita. The class, some of the classic American country is some you of the classiest music ever made. Like. Yeah. 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 Would you be into the likes of, say, Glenn Campbell now and all them fellas? Yeah. Yeah. Will Jennings, kind of all the... Will on Jennings, maybe? My, yeah. Yeah, Will Jennings. Luke Combs now is my, my other... Um, I'm another fan of... Who's that? fan of Luke Combs. Luke Combs. Oh, Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I, I keep a, a kind of a Spotify playlist and I get lots of country stuff thrown at me for it. And that some of the American, some of the classic American country is wonderful. It's great to hear that, you know. Country's coming big again. Brida, mm. enjoy these. So you're going to three gigs. Now, anywhere, you're not going to Hyde Park as well, are you by any chance? 
Hyde Park. I, do you know what? I originally seen, that was the first concert that I seen and I was ready to purchase tickets for the London Hyde Park, especially because the chorus were her opening act and I didn't see them as well. But um, I, I kind of knew by the sound of it when there was a concert coming to London that she'd be a bit closer to home as well. So I kind of held out a small bit. And to be fair, I'm glad that I did because I have a country in my own back garden, a uh, concert in my own back garden at the moment. So all right, cheers. Yeah. Enjoy Thanks. when it comes around. So there's there's some super fans have got their tickets this morning. For the rest of us mere mortals, it goes on sale Friday. The Shania Twain gig at uh, Musgrave Park, Virgin Media Park, 25th of June. think it's about the biggest announcement of the summer. I think so. Certainly the one generating the most excitement so far anyway. So there's probably more announcements to come. Not just from over there, but from the marquee. Speaking of the marquee, I have two sets of tickets to give you this morning. One for Van Marsen and one for Brian Adams. There to come. Cork's Gold Imro Award winning sports show. Right, right here. Right then. The score on Cork's 96 FM. Join me, Trevor Welsh, Sundays from 2 for the best music mix on all the latest sport as we focus on Cork versus Kildare in the National Football League. And Cork City and Cove Rams are back in League of Ireland action. We'll have all the post matches. Right here. Right Join Trevor Welch for the score this Sunday from 2pm with Versus Bookmakers of Winthrop Street where no team, no dream guides every play. See versusbet.ie Right here, right On Cork's 96FM Join the conversation Text or WhatsApp 083 396 This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan Cork's 96FM Okay, I remind you again, I have two tickets for Van Morrison live at the Marquee in the summertime. Uh, you'll need to know your Van Morrison music, but as a hint for you, this is one of the songs you'd go to hear. This could even be the one he does as an encore. Now, he is a grumpy old devil on stage and mightn't always do an encore, but when he does, this is the one, one of the ones you want to hear. Guaranteed to get you dancing, even. I'm nearly giving it to you on a plate, but it was banned in 1967. 1967, this record was first released and promptly banned because it had a lyric in it about making love in the green, green grass. We texted on WhatsApping, what are we doing? 0818969696. Call me with your answer to that one. And after 10, I have tickets for Brian Adams at the marquee. A couple of stories that we're kind of watching today. Um, I'm amazed that Enoch Bork is just literally the gift that keeps on giving. Um, he's back in court yesterday and he's back in jail last night. And now we hear that he's still being paid his salary from the school. I'll come back to that later on. But on a far more serious note, here's a story that, and go and take a look at it on Cork Bureau. He'll get the full detail of it. But as you will know, earlier this month, there was a tragedy on the Cork roads involving an old and dear friend of both myself and Fergal's. I speak of uh, Sheila Dunn, who died after a crash on Sunday, the 11th of February. Now, this is, rumours have been circulating. You know that, I know that, you don't need me to tell you that. Rumours have been circulating ever since the night of that accident. I don't intend to address them at all. Uh, best not to do that at all. But, uh, Corpio 
confirms that they are invest the guy they are investigating whether Sheila Dunn was deliberately moved into the driver's seat after that accident. She and another woman were travelling up near Sarsfields Court on the evening of Sunday, the 11th of February, when the crash happened. Sheila was pronounced dead in hospital two days later. And Gardaí are examining, I'm reading from Cork Bureau, you can look it up and get the rest of the detail, but Gardaí are now examining whether Mrs. Dunn, who was found in the driver's seat, had been moved there by somebody else who came upon the collision after it had occurred. They are said to be investigating seatbelt marks that indicate or may indicate she had in fact been in the passenger seat. That's a story I'm sure that has some ground to travel yet. Uh, you're welcome to pick up on it on Cork Bio, um, but that's as far as I'm prepared to share right now. It's upsetting to read that, given that I know and was friends with Sheila Dunn for, for 30 years. Um, we'll keep an eye to it. 0818-969696. Now, there's a degree at UCC about which I know little or nothing. Um, Freddie will tell me about the degree in international development. It's a BSc degree in international development. Freddie, you're doing that degree, but you're a bit concerned about its future. Morning to you. I am, yes. Um, so what's, yeah, so well, tell me I'm, what the degree is about first. Okay, fantastic. So the g- degree is called International Development and it's a Bachelor's of Science. It's a four-year program and really it's quite broad. It's a phenomenal course. So it's, as I say, it's called International Development. So really it touches on many social issues from around the world, such as like poverty and hunger, agricultural and rural development, food policy and food systems, human rights, governance, gender. We take sociology modules, we take government modules, we take public health modules. We learn about um, program organization and facilitation. Um, We've learned how to do press releases already this year. Um, Mm -hmm. We're learning a phenomenal amount of information that allows students to go out in the world and create impact in some of the most, I mean, topical things going on in the world right now. It almost I mean, sounds like a degree in activism, Freddie. It, it, you know what? It absolutely can lead you in that direction. And you can you can end up working in NGOs or you can go into the private sectors. Yeah. Um, really, it can take you anywhere. I mean, you can go off and do law um, as a branch yeah. off of this. Why is so it something really, that you wanted to do? Uh, for me, um, well, I actually spent seven years traveling the world. And as part of doing that, I had actually done volunteering in a few other countries. So I had done um, some work in South Africa and Zimbabwe. I'd gotten really involved with a community in Bali and Indonesia. Um, I have a really uh, close-knit connection to a town called Puerto Viejo in Costa Rica. Um, It has, you know, a lot of big industries pushing in on their rainforests and things like that. So Mm. this for me was like, I went out into the world. I saw, okay... The world is actually an amazing place, <laughs> full of amazing people. Yeah. But you know what? There's a lot of pain and suffering that's happening to people in the world that doesn't need to be there. And I was like, how do I, how do I fight some of these issues that I'm seeing? Like, how do I fight the waste going down the rivers in Bali? How do I help, um, like I say, to stop the rainforest from being burnt down in Costa Rica? You know, like I really wanted to get involved with these issues. Yeah. But I didn't think that there was an a degree program that was going to help me do that. You know, I thought that I would just have to be like 
grassroots movement kind sure, of activist. Sure, there's a, That something like this existed. There's an old saying that travel broadens the mind, and, and, and sure it did. Like what, what enticed you first to travel and see all these places, Freddie? Had you been reading about them since you were very young or what? By the way, you um, sound very young anyway, so you've done an awful lot <laughs> in your 20-something years. Yes, I'm, I'm 29, um, and I yeah did seven years traveling world. What got me started on it, you wouldn't believe, but it was actually supposed to be a two-week holiday, and I got convinced to skip my flight home because I had actually been, to be quite honest, struggling with depression and anxiety my whole life. And I wound up on this two-week holiday on my own. None of my friends had managed to book a flight, and I just thought, I need to get out for a bit. And so I did. And then that turned into nine months traveling across Europe. Where did you, where was the holiday? Seven years across the world. Uh, Austria. Austria. Okay. Austria. I was going to a town called Meyerhofen um, in Austria. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I made a, fabu- made a fabulous group of friends who saw a change in me just those two weeks. Right. Um, so my mental health started to turn around. I tried to call my mom thinking she'd tell me, no, what are you doing? You have to get your flight home. But no, she encouraged me to keep going. <laughs> so you went on holidays for two weeks and came back seven years later and, and, and then wanted yeah. to do this degree. And then wanted to do this degree, yeah. Um, you know, a little thing called the pandemic kind of grounded me here in Ireland for a while. And I just started thinking, right, what do I want to do with everything I've seen in the world and everything that I've been a part of and all those connections that I have? What do I want to do? And a little bit of searching, um, I did social studies at CSN first, and then um, I got put onto the path of international development. And I am so grateful that I found this degree because it is the only one of its kind in Ireland. There is no no other undergraduate degree like this one in Ireland. There are some master's degrees kind of have a similar flavour, but there is nothing like this elsewhere in Ireland. Now, your class is quite small, and I think you're a bit concerned. This is why we're talking, Freddie. You're a bit concerned because there's a rumour, at least, that this degree might be wrapped up. There's a thing called temporary cessation. And does that mean that after your class finishes, they won't be taking on any more? Is that what's happening? So what's happening is that there will be another year after my year. So anyone who wants to put um, international development on their CAO for this year, I would highly encourage them to do it because um, there is going to be one more year um, starting in September. But what's happening right now is CUBS, which is the Cork University Business School. um, It's a branch of UCC. They have the head of CUBS put uh, InDev forward for temporary cessation which is a necessary step for any course that's on its way to being permanently ceased. So in other words, to to use more plain language, Freddie, they've put it forward for phasing out. That's exactly it. And why are they doing that? Now, this is where it's a little unclear because they're saying that it's to do with low numbers in the course, but that doesn't really add up because... There is, over the 20 years that this course has been running, there has always been between 20 and 40 students, which is the max that they can take because of uh, in third year we go on placement and it requires funding and they can't have some degrees, you know, they can have like 100 students in the room, but you can't have that for international development. Sure. So it has to be a smaller How many bunch in your class? anyway. In my class, there was 26 at the start of the year and there has been a high transfer rate this year and now we're down to 10 or 12 people. Now, I get that that sounds a bit bad, but this is one year. So you might argue it's unsustainable the for the college. Well, 
that I think it would take a little bit of questioning from Cubs's end to just try and inquire around what actually happened at the beginning of this year because my class have speculations around what happened and we have tried to talk, speak to Cubs and they haven't exactly been very engaged with us. Sure. So we, okay. we feel quite used, actually. Like we think that they're, you know, using this thing of low numbers and low CAO points to try and say like, oh, this is why we're getting rid of the program. But, mm. you know, if there's low uptake in one year, you don't ax a course that's been highly successful for 20 years. Mm. I mean, oh, it's the there that long, years, is it? It's been going for 20 years. Wow. Okay. And it has been okay. a very successful program. I mean, we have two international development students who won graduate of the year in the last few years. So, like, we're doing phenomenal work on campus, at home, and abroad. Yeah. So it makes no sense. And generally speaking, if you're going to move a course towards temporary cessation, like, of the stories I've heard of other courses getting put that way, it's generally they have, like, maybe two people enrolled uh, over a number of years, and so they decide, you know what, we can't It's just just phasing out because people aren't particularly interested in it. Now, that doesn't mean, I take it, it, Freddie, it doesn't mean that you or any of your current class colleagues won't get their degree. Doesn't mean that. We will we will still get our degree and we've paid for it. However, once the degree is ceased, it will be removed from the Cubs website. It will no longer be searchable for employers. We'll still have the piece of paper at the end of the day, but the, the content that we've studied, the detail of our modules, all of that will be missing. It'll make it more complicated when we're applying to go on and do like masters or PhDs in foreign countries. How, how come? Because, because again, if someone would look, look for your the transcripts, program. they won't do away with them, will they? We, as I say, we'll, we'll have the piece of paper at the end of it, but it just won't be searchable anymore. It won't exist online. I and see. that is part of the thing that devalues the degree. I see. When employers and other universities can't look it up and can't actually engage with it, can't find the head of the department to speak to them or inquire about it any I further. See. I see. So someone down the road that is talking to you about a potential job might want to go back to UCC and say, well, tell me about how Freddie did. You know, how, do, how did they do? What were they like? The degree's gone, so your re- the record of Freddie at UCC will be gone. That's it, and uh, and I suppose I suppose maybe the SREO, you know, like the um, registration office, they might have um, some of that detail. But again, this decision has been made with like minimal consultation of its stakeholders. Mm. So, like students, staff, the wider community, such as like the NGOs that we do our placements with. Yeah. Um, none of these people have like been really brought into the conversation and allowed to have a voice on it. I mean, we've even got a statement from um, some of the places like that we've done um, okay. placement with asking for UCC to reconsider this decision because they rely on, on us going over there every year to support okay. the, the work okay. that they do. <laughs> now, let's let's give UCC their 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 moment because they say that mm. the CAO application process for BSc International Development is open. Entry for the mm-hmm. 24-25 academic 25. year will progress as normal. UCC initiates reviews of the educational courses on a regular basis, etc., etc., to ensure the degree offerings are aligned with local and national industry requirements. Now it says the BSc International Development is in such a process. Any findings of the review will have no impact on those currently studying for this degree. They haven't said in that statement that it will be permanently ceased. No, they haven't. But what I would point out is that statement doesn't exactly align with the statement from the head of um, the business and law schools who directly said 
and this is a, a direct quote from an email, I can confirm that the Dean of Cubs has indicated to the college office that the intention is to bring forward an application for temporary cessation of the program, which would impact intake for academic year 25-26. Now, that's coming from the, the Dean of uh, from the head of the business and law school okay. about the Dean of Cubs about it going into temporary cessation. Now, if it's just a review, as UCC says, then why are they temporary ceasing it? You don't need to move a degree into temporary cessation and close it down for a year to review it. Do you know what I love hearing in your voice, Freddie? I'm I'm enjoying our conversation very much. And the reason is because I'm hearing, even in your voice, talking about your, your degree, I'm hearing the activism. Oh, absolutely. I'm hearing, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure that all your colleagues are like that. What did you want to do? It's one we'll watch, and UCC say, haven't confirmed it, but like you said, the evidence seems to be before your eyes that it might well be ceased. What did you want to do with it afterwards? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> so um, this is going to sound really broad, but I am a full world peace activist. That is what I spend my life talking about and promoting is the possibility of creating peace on the global stage. The way that I want to do that takes both a personal development lens and a community development lens. So I'm already a trained life coach. I actually was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go and study life coaching in the US after giving a a talk about world peace. And that gave me the ability to support people in healing from the systems, structures and cultures that have previously harmed or oppressed them. And then this degree is bringing in that community element, which will then allow me to empower those same people to go back and change the very systems, structures and cultures that previously harmed or oppressed them. Because, you know, things need a bit of a revamp, in my opinion. <laughs> and um, I mean, this is going to sound like a very mischievous question, Freddie. But yeah. do, do you believe that it is possible to achieve a world with no conflict? Do you know what? I think here's a key part for me, right, with peace, is that pain and suffering is a fundamental part of the human experience. Right? If someone breaks your heart, you want to be upset about it. If someone crosses your boundaries, you want to be angry about it. If someone passes away, you want to grieve for that person, for that loss. Okay, So Negative that kind of pain and suffering is always life. going yeah. to be there. Yeah. yeah, and we learn from those things and they make life beautiful in, in a more complex kind of way. However, we know that there are systems that are you know, from an older period that are creating unnecessary pain and suffering on certain groups of people in our societies. And it's that that I want to see change in. You're speaking of capitalism, I suspect. I think I'm speaking of, you know, um, like gender imbalances. I'm speaking about um, race issues. I'm speaking about, you know, um, migration. I'm speaking about a lot of things, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. There is a lot that's going on in our world that doesn't, and I've been out there. I'm not talking about this like I just watched the news last night and this is something someone said and I'm regurgitating it. I spent seven years traveling the world. I never, ever saw a world that didn't embrace me, that didn't make me feel loved and cared for because I I was on my own at 19 years of age, just a, a little girl off traveling the world. And I saw community everywhere I went, from townships in South Africa to Skid Row in LA to, you know, like I was mentioning a while ago, to tiny little towns in Costa Rica. Like, there is connection and community everywhere. And this idea that we're all different and there are barriers, that all really fades away when you're not hearing about it through social media or, you know, 
these like on the news or anything like that. Like I am loving your enthusiasm so much, Freddie. <laughs> I really am. I could talk about this all day. I get so, that sense. I, yeah, I'd really like to bring us back to. Um, the degree program, if I can, because go you know, on. We're running out of time, person. but give me give me a minute on, on it and why it means so much to you to keep it then, because I'm running out of time. Well, like I say, I mean, I don't think there's any other degree program that I could have studied that would give me the tools to go out and create the kind of change that we're talking about. But not only has there been like no consultation with student staff and the wider community, we're also a group of young and old, national and international, which I think demonstrates that this course appeals to all types of people. And with adequate promotion, it could be a highly sought after course. I mean, Ireland prides itself on its world famous aid and development initiatives. We are one of the most generous countries in the world. And we really pride ourselves on that. Like people love the Irish, no matter where you go, people want to embrace us. And I think that's because of the amazing work that we do. And this course directly facilitates that. And also it's like, I mean, totally in alignment with UCC's whole uh, dedication to the sustainable development goals, yeah. which is like yeah. the majority Progress- of what progressiveness is meant on. to be a big thing with UCC. That's it. I mean, they recently launched like the the Praxis Center for Global Development. And I mean, how can you be getting rid of the one course that's directly about international development at the same time as you're like promoting the Praxis Center for Global Development? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me, you know. I'm going to leave it there. I, I suspect we'll talk again, if not about this, about something else. One of the most vibrant young voices, and I'm not saying that because you're still there, Freddie. One of the most <laughs> vibrant uh, and enthusiastic young educated voices we've had on the opinion line in a very very long time and anyone wanting to wind up Freddie Phipps degree if Freddie if Freddie's classmates or anything like Freddie <laughs> good luck with that thank you so much and good luck with everything that you do oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. so we would podcast that interview god travel broadens the mind Heck, 29 years of age has seen most of the more of the world than than most of us ever will. Thank you, Freddie. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, in nineteen sixty seven, a Van Morrison song was banned because it had the lyrics "Making love in the green green grass." Era Fiona Quinn, you weren't around in nineteen sixty seven, I suspect. Oh, I was. Oh, were you? <laughs> All right. What what was the song? <laughs> Brown Edgar. Brown Of course it was. Of course it was. Yeah. Uh, you, you have you seen Van before? I haven't. No, no, right. no, I haven't. Well, no, you'll, I haven't. You'll, you'll be going to see him at the Marquee this summer. But you've seen not. You've seen who? George Murphy. Oh, is George still going around? Tommy Fleming, David Gray, Rod Stewart. You're a big fan. Tom Jones. Oh, oh yeah, I just love going to gigs. Yeah, love it. Yeah. You love the Anything. classic artists. The shows. Who's I the best you ever saw? Um. Neil Diamond sticks out, yeah. yeah. That was a good few years going up in Dublin. Yeah, I saw him twice. Yeah. I saw him twice. Yeah. And yeah. the first yeah. time was magic. The second time the voice was starting to go a little bit, but well, what but I performed. The way he interacts with the crowd. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous. Brilliant. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. 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 You saw Rod. <laughs> you could not. He has plastic, plastic knees and metal hips, and he's still going <laughs> the different. <laughs> Still a good show. Still fabulous a good show. show. Yeah. Fabulous, yeah. fabulous show. Fiona, enjoy that. Going to Van Morrison on us and Aiken Promotions for correctly guessing. Brown Eyed Girl was the song banned in 1967 for dodgy lyrics. I've got some Brian Adams tickets later this morning. Oh! 
Hi there, it's Ryan Tuberty here. Join me every Sunday morning at 10 on Cork's 96 FM. Cork's 96 FM. There's a mixture of chat, fun, and the best music to kickstart your Sunday, so we'll talk to you then. The Ryan Tuberty Show on Sunday, in association with High and I. For every kind of driver, there's a High and I. Find yours at highandi.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Cook. Cork's 96FM. Yeah, back to Shania Twain and country music and tickets and gigs and all that. Frank was in the music business long enough to know this. He said, from this moment was one of the most popular first dances at weddings over the years. I'd say it still is, Frank, and you did, right? And on the uh, Patrice for Good Soul Country, check out Oliver Anthony, particularly south of Richmond, will do. Barry Kelleher says, check out Shania and Willie Nelson duetting on YouTube. I like the sound of that. Very talented people. Yeah, there's massive, massive talent in, in country music. It's not talked enough or talked about enough. Probably not even played enough, I'd say. Um, country music. Frank asks also on the topic of country music, have you ever heard Drop Kick Me Jesus through the goalposts of life? You mean this one, Frank? Drop Kick Me Jesus through the goalposts <laughs> of life. Yeah, Bobby Bear had a big hit with that a uh, hundred years ago. And I think a fellow called T.R. Dallas had a hit with it here, but I'm aging myself there. Thanks for that memory, Frank. 0818969696. There was no winner on the word this morning. So we have serious books to give away, serious cash to give away between 11 and 12 today. If we can shift this, it's worth 4,250 euro. What is the word? I met the coolest dog, the dog's name. It's <laughs> My mother didn't get a look in for the entire hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's worth €4,250 after 11 o'clock today. The last guest this morning was Pedro. Uh, Emma was on the breakfast show this morning and she had been digging through the lads' social media. So they're going through their social media now, furiously deleting everything. So no one will get it that way. €4,250 after 11 o'clock. Two other stuff. Uh, There was an attack. We're hearing. We're getting more information on this. We'd love to talk to anybody who was either there or saw it. Or maybe even intervened. There was an attack on a bus outside St. John's College yesterday evening. Gang of youths aged about 12, 13 Missiles were thrown, the bus was damaged, a number of passengers were attacked. In the end, the passengers turned on the attackers and forced them off the bus before the guard arrived. Now, the person who messaged us said, I know the guard, you're understaffed, but how can it take an hour to attend such a serious incident five minutes away? That's a joke. They're lucky nobody was seriously injured. So that's a bus attack, an attack on a bus down there by St. John's College. That's a busy bus stop at the best time of the, of, of, of the day. There's loads of different routes. Stop at that bus stop and it's always busy. Always people getting on and getting off. Uh, you don't say what time this happened or what bus 
was involved, but a gang of youths attacked passengers on the bus, damaged the bus through missiles. And according to this message, it took the guards nearly an hour to get there. 0818 96 96 96. Staying with uh, people being attacked and property being attacked and all of that, we've had many, many reports over the years on the opinion line of attacks on taxi drivers. Only a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting to Bobby from the Taxi Commission and the Taxi Drivers Group in town about this taxi that was picked up in town. Three people got into it, asked the driver to take them out, I think, to the country square. When they got there, they attacked the driver, took his car, left him. He managed to get um, a phone call and all that. that. That's just the latest one. And there have been serious incidents over the years. I remember a man called John Ford was very seriously hurt. Uh, I wasn't long doing this here radio program. And a man called John Ford was very seriously hurt. And we helped with uh, a big fundraiser, a big fundraiser for John, which I think, if I, if I remember correctly, took place up in St. Vincent's. And the other name that's familiar when you talk about taxi drivers being attacked over the years is John Constant. John, you've been attacked more than once, but you were attacked first, John, back in 2015. I remember this because it made the news. You were you were driving a, a kind of a minivan taxi at the time, and you were assaulted in Glountown. Remind us about that one, John. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, too, uh, Peter. Um, yes, uh, I picked up the group in the uh, cramp parade. Uh, six of them, I think it was, uh, and uh, proceeded to Long Town, and there was no problem. But uh, when I arrived, one of the guys was um, in the back after getting sick in the very back seat, and um, I asked for them to clean it up, and they said no. He didn't get sick. Well, it wasn't there before they got in, so... <laughs> um, and then uh, outside the, the taxi, when they were outside, the guy that got sick punched me and ran off. And the other guys held me and uh, I, I, I went to ring the girls. They held me and they said, if you don't get out of here now, this could get a lot worse type of uh, attitude. So I, I, I went down the road and I rang the girls from below. My nose was bleeding and um, the girls came and there was no sign of them. They were gone. And uh, the girls advised me to go to the Mercy Hospital. I'll go to some hospital and I went to the Mercy and I turned out my nose was broken. And, um, and then in, uh, an investigation uh, started and um, with the media coverage that was on at the time, uh, the parents of one of them, um, the, the guy that uh, struck me, um, the mother of one of, of them uh, um, advised him to come forward, which he did. And uh, the next I knew about it was uh, I was called in to give a statement and so on. And um, I, before I went away in holidays, I was going holidays uh, weeks after that, uh, five or six weeks after that, the um, investigating investigating Gavin Mayfield. Uh, called me in and he said um, they were considering giving him a caution. They told me that. Now he went away on holidays and when I came back and I inquired and they had given him an adult caution and that was the end of it. 
That was the first assault. Sadly, it wasn't the last. No, there was other assaults. Uh, it wouldn't uh, probably would not have been the first. The first was um, in Sunday as well. When uh, a knife, sorry, a broken bottle was held to my throat. Oh God! What happened there? Um, again, I dropped off passengers and. Um, a guy came over and asked me for the time when I looked at the clock. Before I know it, he had a broken bottle to my neck, demanding the keys and money, the car, the keys, the car, and money. And we ended up um, in altercation on the street, and he was arrested. And the next I heard of that was when the taximan rang me and said, um, towards the evening, Zeko was on that. He got, I think it was six months in jail that he had pleaded guilty. And I, I called to the police station and uh, they said once he admitted what he had done, there was no need for me to be present in mm-hmm. court. Right, which I thought was strange, right? Yeah, well, it was once he'd admitted it. There was no need for you to give evidence, you see, and to go through that. That's sometimes how the, court, the courts work. Yeah, but then again, then the judge doesn't get to see the type of person he's assaulted or whether it's young or old or whatever. How the effect on you? No, 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 no. And what, what kind of effect does it have on you, John, when you're assaulted like that in the course of just doing your job? Well, so you're, you're, you're scanning anybody you're picking up, you know, is it safe to pick them up? Hmm. When they get into the car, you wonder why uh, two guys get in, why one of them doesn't sit in the front, why they sit behind you. You know, because, you know, everybody likes to travel in the front of a car, but... You just, you have to be careful nowadays. You're still driving nights. After all of that, why? I uh, I can't see how the, the taxi drivers out there that drive full-time by day can make money. I've seen guys down at the driver station, the train will come in, some of them will walk it, and then they wait for the second train, and the second train, even some of them mightn't even walk it, the second train. Hmm. The walker's not there by there. And yet people are always saying that you can't get a taxi. But you see, that's for a certain uh, amount of time in night time. That would be the peak hours. But like the, the public transport will drop them into town and then it's left up for the few taxi men in night time to get them out of there in, in uh, two hours. Right. There's that busy stretch after closing yeah. time for a couple of hours. The rest of it, you're plodding around looking for a fare here and a fare there and you say that by day you say that by day fellas are sitting on ranks looking for a job yeah you can get yourself if you walk through town yeah waiting and waiting mm-hmm. you see if if a taxi man like myself no, or Bobby or Billy Dog or Willie Wise any of them if they're assaulted at any time the day they are nice yeah there's no compensation there for the driver if if a, a, a public transport driver, a bus driver, or a train driver, or a train conductor, or a train attendant, any of them are assaulted, they'll be compensated. They'll get paid while they're out. We'll get nothing. Hmm, because you're all self-employed, so if you don't work, you don't get paid. Exactly, exactly. So you're out, you do the weekends now, and then by day you've got a school run. They're good to have. I, I do a school run uh, two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. It's for um, 
Cara Junior School, School for Autism. Great school, great school. Yeah, and and you do that five days a week, and then you go out, you go to night to to turn an extra few quid. Are you nervous yeah. going out? Absolutely. Yeah, any time once I get staff. Absolutely, there's certain areas, you know. Hmm. Like the chap that picked up the three lads, he picked them up in town. Look what happened to him. This is the most recent one. Yes. You're a family man. Your 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 wife must be very nervous when you're out. She'd always ring. She'd always ring, and uh, she just ask me um, how my daughter's busy and and that. But she'd be ringing as well. You know, to uh, make sure I'm always. Hmm. You know, you're in or around. I'm not going to give you your age, but you're in or around the age when some fellas would be thinking about retiring. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, not for me. I'm afraid. No. Not for me. No, no, no. Be there not a few years yet. I get the sense, John, that you'd like to pack in the nights, but you can't afford it. It's, it's, it wouldn't be feasible if I if I was to pack in the nights. I, I'd actually get rid of the place. It's, uh, you, you either you either go out on a Friday night and Saturday night and make some money, or spend your whole days inside town, sitting in the ranks at the bus station, the airport, hmm. the bus terminal. All you have to do is take a walk around town and you'll see the taxis queued up every day. Yeah. Do you use the apps? Do you take work off the apps? Yes, I do. Free no app. That's that's where most of my work is now at night. Because it's like if you if you order a taxi on the app, PJ, and I pick you up, if we have an altercation or we have a disagreement on that, you're traceable. Yes. Your phone number's there, your account is there. And, and and the facility to have somebody barred from the app is also there if things get heated. I see, I see. We were talking a few weeks ago with some drivers about the app and about how it takes a commission, but at the same time, you've a certain level of security that if you pick me up and we have, like you said, an altercation, you know who I am, where I picked you up, you've got my account details, I can be found. You can, of course. Kind of course. There's some security in that. Like that app, uh, I know now they take a big commission, and um, but that app can track me where I am, the distance I've travelled, right, and where 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 I've turned off the app as regards to putting the fare through the system can track it from A to B. There's a certain level of security in that. How long are you driving? Over 35 years, I'd say. Yeah. It's changed a lot, so it's a... Oh, huge amount. You know. Like, the amount of money that's in, uh, well, as we say, in the coffers of the, the, the regulator, the taxi regulators. Yeah. And yet they do nothing to help us, like. Yeah. A lot of your colleagues have said that, that you're, you're paying dearly for your licences and for your right to be on the road, and yet if something happens to you... There's no support. You're on your own. You're on your own. If you're out of work after being assaulted or any one of the lads are out of work after being assaulted or the car is damaged and they get it repaired, there's no facility there. There's, there's no. There, you're, you're paying into a regulation system that doesn't support you afterwards. The time I was assaulted, 
Nobody picked up the phone. She said to me, are you okay? No, the PSP office, no, nobody. Nobody, anything to do with the license of a taxi, no one picked up the phone. I said, oh, you know, Johnny, you're back walk. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And I have no doubt that the last chapter was attacked. Outside the taxi men inquiring about him, nobody from the regulator's office would have uh, contacted them. If they did, I'd be, I'd be in shock. Maybe it's a stupid question, John. Why do they do it? Why do you keep going? You have to survive. We have bills to pay. You have grandchildren. If any one of them said, Granda, I want to drive a taxi for a living, what would you say to them? Absolutely not. Stay in school, get a proper education. Absolutely not. John, stay safe out there, fella, will you? Okay, hey, Jen, you stay safe and... As I said, take a walk around town and you'll see the taxis queue up. Have a good day, fella. Bye-bye. Hello. Bye-bye now. Thank you. See you, John. See you, John. Thanks, John Constant. If there anyone is sitting on a rank right now waiting for a job and agrees with John, and anyone particularly, John is still going out at night because he said he can't afford not to. Anybody else listening who's in the same situation or anyone who's given up nights and has taken the hit uh, in... Their income, uh, let me know. 0818969696. Kate is saying maybe we should have those taxi cages like they have in the States. This is where you can only get into the back. Isn't that right, Kate? You can only get into the back, and there's a, a proper metal barrier, metal cage between you and the driver. I think that also exists in the, the London black cabs. You can only get into the back, and you don't have any contact with the driver. If you're paying by cash, you put it into a little drawer. And if you're paying by card, you tap it on the window, on the sensor on the window. So you have no no con- connection with the, with the driver at all. And that's sad, given the way we like to chat with the taxi driver on our way home. But that may be where we're headed. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Call 96 FM. Uh, Brian Adams there in that ad break. Live at the Marquee, 11th of June. Would you like to go? Groover from Vancouver doing a greatest hits night. It'll be great. The 11th of June, I have a pair of tickets. Question for you. Everything I do, I do for you. What was the movie it featured in? It was number one for like six months or something. Everything I do, I do it for you. Corny. As corny a love song as they ever come. But it was great. What movie was it from? Uh, Everything I do, I do it for you. Let me know at, uh, will we go for the phone number? We will. 0818969696. All right. 0818969696. What was the movie? We're watching a few things this morning. One of them being that expected appearance in court by a young man charged in connection with these fires at retail units on Sunday. Sports Direct, uh, our boots was tackled, Lifestyle Sports, TK Maxx, Next, and what was the other one I keep for? Super Dry, Super Dry. Uh, five fires in the space of an hour in Cork City on Sunday evening. Young man expected in the district court this morning. So 
if we get anything from that. We'll certainly let you know. 0818 96 96 96. Now, John Constant mentioned another name there while we were talking. He mentioned the name of Willie Wise. I've spoken to Willie over the years about taxi issues and other issues too. But Willie, you're in the paper today. You, you don't have a bank account, a credit union account or a post office account and you refuse to take cards in your cab. Will you lose your license? In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Well, PJ, I'll simplify this like the Cube TV show with simplifier. We'll use a simplifier. On the 1st of September 2022, the NTA informed us you would now have to have a cashless payment device to take a card, and you would also have to accept cashless payments. Yeah. Now, subject to that, I decided in July of that year, before September, to contact the Central Bank of Ireland to contact the Consumer Protection Competition, and to contact the Department of Finance. And the query I had is, can you please tell me what is the legal currency in Ireland? Their reply was, the euro is the only legal currency, legal tender currency we have. Okay. And I also asked, do I have to, as a self-employed taxi driver, have to accept card payment? Response, all three, no. Same response, no. It's a commercial decision for each individual business how they transact their business. If you want to take out, you do. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you must specify by signage on your taxi that lets the customer know, I don't accept cab, cash only. And it saves conflict 
they don't have to engage with you unless they're looking for conflict. They can see it, they're aware of it, and there are plenty of cabs who do take card. Mm. Why don't you take card? Well, you see, PJ, to take card, you have to have a bank account. Mm. Which I don't. No, there is nothing as far as I'm aware. Well, do you keep, your, do you, to keep your cash in a shoebox under the bed or something? I have very little to keep. It's normally when it comes in, it goes out. Mm. You know? Now, within the last six weeks, I have to replace a tumbler dryer and an electric cooker. Mm-hmm. So, as soon as the money was in, followed, ah, it yeah. was done. And, it was bought. and you're in no debt to no one. So, do you not, do you not own a card of any kind? Do you deal entirely in cash? I don't have what they want. I used to have a bank card. And after we bailed the banks out, PJ, after the 2008 fiasco, I closed my bank account in 2010 and swore I'd never again open one and benefit the banks, which I didn't. Now, if I won the lottery tomorrow, we'd have a problem. Because <laughs> they don't have the bank account the money into. So we'd have to do something in that regard. But PJ, going back to this snow subject going on, and this is very important, this is a legal side with the snow, right? And there's no names being involved in this. There was 45 fixed penalty notices given since that supposedly law came in in the 1st of September 22. 45 fixed penalty notices for people not taking cashless payments. <clears throat> of those, excuse me, of those 45, no summonses were issued. Now, they can't have been all paid because I certainly didn't pay mine. So it's there was quite no a pop as well, isn't it? It is, it is. Now, underneath that, there were 53 penalty notices given for guys not having a functioning car reader machine. Now, a functioning apparatus, PJ, like an electric cooker, doesn't function until you switch it on. Your TV doesn't function until you switch it on. Your car reader machine doesn't function until you switch it on. Mm. Otherwise, the battery will be dead. Now, out of those 53, 47 of those paid the fixed penalty notices. Mm. There were two that didn't, were taken to court and convicted. Right. And let me specify now, this was a criminal summons in a criminal court. Four are currently pending. Right. And there may be more. Now, what I want to explain to you, PJ, fairly quick in your listeners, is this. I'm willing to be summoned to go to court and let the judge decide on this. Because I know... They're in breach of their constitutional rights. I have checked this thoroughly. There is no minister or judge can interfere with your constitutional right. Yeah. Nobody can direct But, 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 John, or sorry, Willie, in, in terms of the issuing of your license to drive that taxi, the regulator mm-hmm. can put regulations in place and has done. So you could lose your license for being in breach of regulations. Well, Peter, I don't think so, and I think they know. If this goes to court, they're in trouble. Again, let me explain this to you now, right? If you go in to the NTA website and click on complaints, you as a customer know what I'm talking about. Mm. Go down through the complaints, and it tells you you can make a complaint for whatever you wish. Driver can complain against you, but you can complain against the driver. Now, if you go down and read it and watch the print, it says the NTA cannot investigate anything of a criminal nature. Mm. Now, if they were to summon me for not taking care, it would be a criminal summons in a criminal court where you may face a criminal conviction. Right. 
Right, this is interesting. No, I'm inter- very interested in this because, as you know, or if you regular listener, which I'm sure you are, um, I've always wanted the idea of a business offering a choice. I don't Correct. like any business putting up card only. Uh, similarly, there mm-hmm. are businesses put up cash only. I, I, I kind of would prefer they didn't do that. I'd like them to offer a choice. What would be so wrong with offering a choice, Willie? Well, you see, you could say cash people, preferred, people and if someone sits in and says, well, Willie, all I have is a cash, because so many people these days, Willie, don't carry any cash, and certainly if they do, won't have cash left at three o'clock in the morning. I'm well aware of that, PJ, well, well aware of it, and I don't do the late nights anymore. Okay. People have come to me and said, I don't have cash, I have only card. And I say, is, there's nine cards behind me or 18 cards behind me, I'm sure one of those will take card. There's no problem. The customer still has an option. Right. Well, if the customer doesn't travel with me and they go to the car behind, and this has happened in good jobs, I don't have a problem with it. That customer still has a choice. I don't. I've lost that job. Right. Well, That's you, would you lose out on stuff now like John Constant was saying he does school runs? Can you uh-huh. use one of the apps? You're losing out on a lot that way, aren't you? You are, but PJ, at the end of the day, this is what the public don't understand. Under the National Transport Taxi Regulation Act, 213, 216 as amended, every taxi in the country is entitled to the full maximum metered fare. Let me explain this to you now quickly. You get into my car, I take you wherever you're going. 20 euro is the fare, you give me a card, and we'd say I take a card. I lose a euro in that transaction. Right. You do 10 a day, you're down 10. That's 10. You multiply that by five days a week, you're down 50. You multiply that by 50 weeks a year, you're down two and a half grand that you've given to the bank that you should have had. Under the Taxi Regulation Act, you're not receiving the full metered fare. Okay. Now, if that job is a 20 or a cash job, you're getting the full maximum meter fare. Like if the meter says, PJ, 20 euro, I can't charge you 22. Right. But I can charge you 15. I see. I can discount it, but I can't charge more than the maximum meter fare. But you're not getting that in every car job. And on top of that, PJ, if you're losing anything between 3 and 5% for the car transaction, customers also have been charged, remember, for giving you the car. They have been charged as well. Yeah. And if you are, you know, mm. it's... You're, it's I, take, I take it then you're not dealing with any of the apps, Willie. No, PJ, because if you're dealing with, I have no problem with my friends or colleagues who do the apps. That's entirely up to them. Each situation is different. Some of them have young kids and still a mortgage. I'm lucky. Mine are all grown, you know? Now, here's a comment, and I, I'm going to put it to you as it has come in, and it's not the first one of its kind. Is I don't mean offence, says this comment, Willie, but what would you say to the accusation that you want to keep your earnings private there's no paper trail with cash. And another one that says, well, how is he dealing with the taxman then? The taxman gets my returns. If I get a 10 euro fare, I declare a 10 euro fare. If I get a 45 euro fare, I would declare that. And whenever we're doing my annual return, it's there. Yeah, the but you can't pay the taxman in cash, Willie, in 2024. You have to Sorry? pay the ta- You can't pay the taxman in I cash, or me, can you? You simply walk in, no, you simply walk in to any post office or a bank, get a bank draft or a postal order and give it to the revenue and they'll accept it. I see. There's not a problem. There's no problem. I see. What people forget, PJ, people forget this. And this again, the public are not aware. We go for what's called a taxi suitability test every year. An annual test, yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah. Every time you go out there for that test, the first thing that's taken is the meter. The tester will switch on your meter, you'll print up a seat of what you've done, and they have the figures. Yes. Yeah. To say that we don't know the revenue, don't know, believe me, they do. And if you do free now, free now, inform the revenue of the jobs you've done. Oh, I get what you're telling me now, that as part of your annual tests, the meter will be read and the exact income will be off the meter. So, right. So unless you turn the meter off, which you're not allowed to do, unless you turn the meter off, the taxman knows everything that you earned. Absolutely, PJ. And it's illegal to operate your taxi without the meter. The meter must be ran for the customer's benefit as well. I see. Are there any other drivers like yourself, Willie, who refuse point blank to take a card? I would assume there probably is. No, it's not for me to say they do, they don't. It's up to them to come forward if they do. Mm. But I mean, I told the NTA, this is going on for two years. If I'm so wrong and I'm breaking the law, what Mm. are you going to do about it? Stop me. Take me to court. I'm quite willing. I've told him time and time again, every taxi driver that knows me and cock knows this. Come on, lads, issue the summons. Let's go and let the judge resolve it. Hmm. They know can do, because there is nothing in the Constitution that says you have to have a bank account. We remember a former T-shirt didn't have it, blah, blah, blah. I get that. Okay. There is nothing yeah. in the Constitution that says you have a, have a bank account. That's absolutely true. Uh, and I don't think there's anything in legislation that says you have to have a bank account. That's also true. No, there's not. No, there's not. And I've checked all that out, PJ. And there is no minister in the land. This I've checked out as well. And there is no judge that can force you to open a bank account. And if I don't have a bank account, I can't take cab. It's plain and simple. It's black and it's white. It's that simple, PJ. It really is. It really is. Now, there are plenty of customers come to me. They see the sign, they go on to the next taxi. No problem. Have you lost any regulars because of it? I've lost no regulars whatsoever. And if anything, I find more people now that are coming to me are paying cash. And would you find, like, do you lose out? I mean, the bus, school runs, that kind of thing. Like, they're they're lucrative, Willie. You can't do that. Well, at my age, I'm not interested in those school runs because you're tight from PJ. If you happen to be done with the flu or you're going in to get an appendix out, you can't do it. No, we're all gallivated in the taxis, as you know, so we'd be yeah, fine for that kind of but, um, It's not something done because you're tight okay. to it. You're okay. really tight to it. Lastly, come back to where I had John on in the first place. And, and you and I have talked before about this. Is it getting we dangerous have? out there, fella? I see a massive change, PG, over the years, a massive change. And you know who I feel? I feel sorry for every cab driver who's laying his life on the line like the girls are at night. I really do. But the new guys in the game, the new guys who aren't streetwise, I have the greatest sympathy for them because they don't know what's waiting around the corner for them. And they need to get organised, PG. And they need to get into a group because otherwise, like John, as an individual, on your own, you're fighting the system. They're delighted with you on your own. As a group, you know, you know yourself, Peter, united we stand, PJ, divided we fall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, there's one last one here which I put here, and I've no doubt you've, you, you, you have an answer for it. Um, person, a taxi driver, identified themselves as a taxi driver but didn't want to come on the air and said, no, he's right, the NTA can't investigate him, but a taxi regulator compliance officer can PJ, I've had five different compliance officers. Five. Right. Five. 
the first penalty notice I was given was on the 23rd of March, 2023. I'm still waiting for the summons, PJ. The 56 days have gone out the window, come back and gone out the door. Keep keep us posted, Willie. This is an interesting one. Thank you very much. Willie Wise, long-serving taxi driver in Cork who refuses to take cards, says he has every right to refuse to take cards, doesn't have a bank account, says he's not under any obligation to have a bank account. He has been served with a number of fixed charge notices. He hasn't paid them. Uh, His challenge to the system is, well, bring me to court and we'll argue in court. That's a court case I wouldn't mind sitting in on. 0818 96 96 96. Listen, I'm going to get into terrible trouble now because I shouldn't have let you phone for the Brian Adams feature or the Brian Adams um, giveaway. It should have been text to WhatsApp. My poor phone has smoke coming out the back of it and Fergal Barry is ripping what little hair he has left out of his head because he can't make or take actual calls for the show. Sorry, lads. Text or WhatsApp, all right, for Brian Adams. In what film does everything I do, I do for you? What film is that featured in? 0818 96 96 96. You're talking earlier in the hour about that attack on a bus. More details coming in as we speak, but an attack on a bus outside St. John's College yesterday Missiles thrown, bus damaged, passengers in the end forced the attackers off the bus before the guards got there. Uh, the person who messaged us said, I know it, the guards are understaffed, but it took nearly an hour for them to get there, uh, which is surely not good enough, which is a, a fair point. John said this idea that you can't have serious attacks in the city centre, that you can have serious attacks in the city centre, yet have no guards available for something like that. It's just a sign that everything's gone wrong. We'd policing for the Irish Freedom Party, we'd policing for the Palestine protest, and policing for the Ukraine protests on Saturday. Have we come to a stage now when it's only policing by appointment? Or is priority given to political matters, no matter which side of the fence you happen to be on? Thank you, John. 0818 96 96 96. You were ta- well, we were talking yesterday about road rage and the amount of it that's out there, and the fact that there seems to be more of it out there than there was. Uh, Peter, good morning. Good morning, PJ. You you think there is more of it out there than there was? I, very much so, yeah. No, I mean, if you, anyone who would be looking around at the traffic that's on our roads, which has, you know, there's massive congestion in the city centres, massive congestion in all suburbs, But if you're in traffic and if you're observing traffic, so whether you're a cyclist, whether you're a pedestrian or whether you're a driver, there is an anger out there. And I don't know, is it a national hangover from COVID, some sort of PTSD we have from COVID when we all went off the road and then we're all back on the road now that people are are quick to anger in the car. You can see it. You can see people are impatient whether or not they haven't given enough time or the traffic has held them up for something. But but it is it is there is an anger out there from people and, and people are speeding more. Uh, people are, are faster on the roads. They're not taking due care. And you can just see it. I mean, if anyone who follows Cork Safety Alerts online mm. would see the amount of pedestrians that have been knocked down in our city. It's hard to quantify it. It's, it's a job of work maybe for, for, for someone to do mm-hmm. on it. But, it, you know, there, there's issues of cars speeding through pedestrian crossings. There's issues of of car of of tips happening on the South Link every day. 
Mm. So it, there is some sort of national, and, and certainly in Cork, some sort of problem with driving at the moment. People are saying, you know, you're talking to someone who, who loves driving, Peter, and I mean mm. my most relaxed when I'm driving. No, I hate traffic and I hate stupidity. But, but that having been said, I love to drive. But it seems to be a lot of people are driving around like coiled springs. Well, yeah, that's it. And, and I will say myself, pre-COVID, I used to drive quite a lot. I would be up around North Cork, East Cork, up to Dublin once a week. Do you know, there was a lot of driving done. Since COVID, that has dramatically fallen down to the point where we're getting rid of one car in our household. We don't need two cars because one is sitting there quite a lot. And I'm certainly out of... When I have to do a long drive now, it takes it out of me. Yeah. So perhaps there's something as the return to work, the return to the office push continues and the gains that were that were that were gotten in COVID for workers for flexible and remote working appear to diminish slightly as more people are on the roads. People are on the roads at school times. There isn't an adequate school transport provision for people, so they have to get the bus, get the car for the bus, instead of the bus for, yeah. for their children to go to school. They're stuck in a time warp in terms of they have to get the child somewhere and then they themselves have to get to the office for a certain time yeah. and get out again. Everyone is pent up again. And, you know, COVID was awful. Like, let's, be, let's not be under any illusion. Yeah. But, you know, there was a benefit in some respects in workers' rights of the flexible remote working aspect. And some people will, will fight back at that and say, oh, productivity wasn't there. The stats show productivity was up from people. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that that whole working from home argument is one that's going to run and run. But you think, Peter, just to come back, Peter, are, are people people are angrier on the road now than they were pre-COVID? A hundred percent, I believe so. And if you see it, the roads are congested. The city council came out last year and said the roads are at capacity. We can't take any more traffic. Now they didn't follow up with a take the bus message. You know, increase public transport message. Front load out elements of bus connects like next year ticketing and more frequent more frequent routes, you know, that didn't come along with it. It was a kind of a shrug your shoulders approach. And that's, you know, it's, it's all congested, lads. The roads are, are, are full to the brim. But if you look at the data from TomTom that, that publish, publishes data the every satellite people, uh, month, yeah. satellite the satellite people. It's quite interesting data to when you drill down into it, the amount of time people are wasting in traffic. And yet there doesn't appear to be alternatives put in front because people who go get the bus and I know the front page of the Echo today is citing 100,000 instances when a certain bus didn't show up but at the same time we've over 17 million people using our city buses in 2023 we're finally up on the pandemic numbers we've yeah. we've, we've brought the pre-pandemic numbers yeah. but yeah. you need investment in public transport and you need alternatives there's a lot in that Peter thank you a lot in that call but yeah and he, Peter maintains that people are now angrier behind the wheel than they ever have been before. Would you agree with him? Oh, wait, one, eight. And why? Why? Are you angrier now behind the wheel? Are you more tense and stressed behind the wheel than you used to be before the pandemic? And if so, why? Oh, wait, one, eight, 96, 96, 96. Fergal, I need to do this now, otherwise I'll be completely backed up. Callahan brings you the best music mix on Oldies and Irish. Every Sunday from the day on Cork's 96FM. Welcome along to the programme. Great to have your company on a Sunday. As I say, it's a privilege. Hopefully you can join me. Turn it up and take easy with a big show on your radio. It's the perfect Sunday soundtrack. Feel, feel, feel so good. 
Mornings in Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Every Sunday from midday to 2 p.m. On Cork's 96 FM. Join a conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Right, we asked you what film features Brian Adams' Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Joanne? Hi, PJ. What movie is it? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That song was number one for about a year and a half, if I remember at the time. <laughs> we were all thoroughly sick of it after the first three million <laughs> plays on the radio. But it's an all-time, it's an all-time classic. Have you ever seen Brian? I have. I saw him in the marquee um, a couple of years ago. He, he's actually... Absolutely superb. I, I missed that night, and I'm told he puts on it was a greatest hits night, and he puts he on a great show. Yeah, yeah, he great. He's great with the crowd. He um, he really is a great performer. So um, uh. yeah, I'd love to see him. Who else have you been to see? Who who else would you like to see this summer? Oh God, Shania! I was listening at the start of the show to the two girls who have tickets. I didn't know about the pre-sale, so yeah, I'd have fr- to. Friday morning, now you'll be up up at the lark Friday morning to try and log on for, th- for them. <laughs> well, we've sorted, we've sorted, uh, Brian. For you, you'll be going to see oh, Brian on the eleventh of June. Oh, brilliant! The eleventh of June at, at the Marquee. You That's got married fantastic. to a Shania song, did you? I did. Um, my the song we first danced to was uh, from this moment. Uh, mm. So yeah, that was uh, twenty four years ago. So mm. yeah, so um, been around a while. <laughs> and that's what Frank said. Actually, um, he was saying he was in the music business for years, and he said that was a very, very popular wedding song from this moment. It was. Yeah, yeah, and our video and everything. We loved it. So um, yeah, so have to try and get to see her as well. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's the other half's name? Uh, James. All right. Well, James and yourself will be going along to hear everything I do. You'll, you'll, you'll have to be sick now and sing that to each other in the marquee. And we'll <laughs> get that viral for you. <laughs> Joanne. <laughs> well done. Well done. Our latest winner on the programme. Winning two tickets to see Brian Adams at the marquee on the 11th of June. Thanks to our friends at Eakin Promotions. And we'll have lots more marquee giveaways over the weeks and months ahead. And you never know. We might even have some for Moser as well. Thank you, Aikens, for that. 0818969696. We're watching that court case in the district court where this young man is due to appear in connection with those arson attacks on Sunday. And as you know, even if I did have his name now, I couldn't give it to you until such time as he's been formally charged. But as soon as we know, so will you. Right after 11, we're in mega bucks territory. I met the coolest dog, the dog's name. It's <laughs> my mother didn't get a look in for the entire hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's been running now since Friday, and it is up to €4,250. And I would give anything to give it away before quitting time today. What is the word? I met the coolest dog, the dog's name. It's my mother didn't get a look in for the entire hour. <laughs> yeah, <there. laughs> if you want to play, just your name. No answers, please. Just your name to 083 396 Question 10. What Irish comedy show had a character wearing an I Shot JR t shirt? Was it Father Ted? You said Father Ted, and you're not certain on it. And your gut would rise when you really? gave the answer because you just want to
96FM. The lines are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96FM.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. A lot of love in the room for Freddie. Uh, we'll broadcast. We'll podcast rather that interview a little bit later on. Freddie Phipps, who has organized this petition to keep the BSC in international development at UCC, uh, fears that it will be wound down over the next uh, number of years. Uh, Freddie spoke to me passionately before 10 this morning as to why they feel that degree needs to stay. It's one of the most engaging and enjoyable interviews I've had with a young person in a very, very long time. Uh, and I encourage you to listen back to it when we podcast it this afternoon. Uh, Freddie was impressive with this message. People think it's easy to go on live radio and be that articulate, informed and passionate. And of course it's not. Oh, listen, after Freddie, I'd be watching my job. I really would. Thank you for that. And lots more uh, comments besides that. Come here. There's a story. I often talk to you about my my times in the courts as a court reporter and the fun that I that I used to have and you know it was a part of my my career that I that I really enjoyed for the many years I was doing it but I would have loved to be in the court over the last few months and maybe even years you could say at this stage watching Enoch Burke and and his family because they are just the gift that keeps on giving Shane Phelan has a big piece in the independent today about yesterday's latest chapter in Enoch Burke's court case the High Court, it was revealed in the High Court yesterday that he is still being paid his full salary as a teacher, despite being suspended from his job in August of 2022, not legally, until such time as the appeal against his suspension is done and dusted and all of that. He's still entitled to be paid. I think we've just forgotten it, though. Um, he has spent 281 days now in prison for contempt of court every time he goes before a judge the judge tells him look Mr Burke you can release yourself from prison by purging your contempt and by agreeing not to go back to the school Wilson's Hospital School just agree not to go back to the school and we let you out and he won't agree to that and just agree to purge your contempt and he won't agree to that so back to jail he goes they've been fining him like 700 quid a day or they were finding him 700 quid a day for going to stand outside the school with his little school bag like it became the stuff of memes <laughs> it really did uh, yesterday Mr Justice Sanfi in the High Court ordered him back to Mount Joy he refused to comply with a permanent injunction against him by this, uh, granted to the school he refused to stop going back to the school now, they may look at this again in late March when he's back before the court. There are other options. 
if a person refuses to purge their contempt to court, they can be jailed, which is what happened with Mr. Burke. They can be fined. That happened before, but he didn't pay any of them. And they could go after his assets. What assets does he have other than his teacher's salary? But that will come before the court again uh, in March or March 2020 or March 22nd. Um, the judge said yesterday that he was extending Enoch Burke's incarceration with regret as the teacher's attitude had left the court with very little option. Now, bear in mind, his mother um, and his father and his siblings are all barred at this stage. They've managed to get barred from the court for their behaviour during previous sittings. Sean, Martina, Amy and Isaac are all barred. They can't go in there now after previous sittings. And at one stage yesterday, the judge turned around to him and said, you have accused people of lying... You've accused my stance of being an evil one. Watch your language, Mr. Bork. As I say, you know, Bork is just the gift that keeps on giving in the courts. It really is. 0818-969696. Now, we did. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not allowed into court by order of the judge. Yeah, that, they're, they're, they're barred, effectively. Yeah. Um, so where am I? Oh, yes. During lockdown, we did talk, didn't we? Aideen McAuliffe, when you saw lockdown coming, you kind of said, is there any way we can get around this and not be stuck in the house? So you decided to travel the world. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, it was something along those lines, right? Remind us what it was then. Um, so uh, it was uh, um, just a flippant conversation, I suppose, really, that happened between my husband, Danny, and I, Um so I work in the performing arts industry and I have a stage school here, Mallow. And once again, you know, the restrictions had closed down our, my school and um, all of a sudden we were left with limbo of being at home with our three kids. Um, Danny and I are both self-employed and it was the first time ever that both of us were at home, um, you know, with all that time with our kids and everything was shut down here. And it was a flipping conversation and Danny said, you know what, why don't we... Um, we should head off to a deserted island or something, ha ha ha, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And yeah. then we both looked at each other and said, you know what, <laughs> mightn't be a bad idea. Um, and we actually went on to Google and we said what countries are open, had their borders open at that time. Mm-hmm. And the first country that came up was Chad. And we said, mm, maybe not. And then the next one was Costa Rica. And she said, oh, let's, let's have a look into that. And um yeah, we had a bit more Googling and a bit more research and a bit more of search of the pennies and the saving pots here and there. And we said, you know, with, if we skip, ticked a few boxes, we might actually make this work. They were saying it. at the time, the Costa Ricans are saying, come, come, spend come. lockdown here. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We were one of the very first to come back after, the, you know, their initial lockdown. And sure, we were treated like royalty. You know, we were some of the only people in in some of the lodges. We were first people back in the restaurants. Um, but I suppose it was a bit different there to what it was here because it's the weather is everything is outdoors. Mm. So the weather allowed everyone to mingle outdoors, and you know, eating was outdoors. And mm. I mean, we even lived in a house that actually only had one wall in at one point. You know, we you know the bedrooms obviously were 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 cornered off at four walls, but all the living spaces. It was very much an open air um an experience for us mm. all. Because so, it's Caribbean, it's 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 warm all the time. Exactly. Yeah, it's warm. Exactly. Now your youngsters yeah. are were then aged six, eight, and ten. So you took them out of school. Did you get much pushback over that? 
Um, no, the school were very supportive. Um, I explained exactly what we were doing and that we were going to world school them. So I suppose that was something new to you know, to, to, to their, their teachers and to us at the time. Um, but now it's becoming more and more popular. Uh, so world schooling is the idea where you're technically homeschool the kids, but you travel a lot and you use... Uh, the environment that you're in to world to educate your kids. Okay. So let's say when we moved to, we were in Guatemala at one point and we would use, uh, you know, the Spanish language. The kids learned to speak Spanish. They learned about the culture. They learned about the history. We uh, climbed a volcano there one night to watch another volcano erupt. So obviously they learned all about the volcanoes and the geography about that. Um, so it, it, the idea is that you use the environment around you to, work to learn from it. Um, it's, it's, yes, it's exactly. I'll bring Danny in at this stage. Yes, Danny, um, you, one, thing, one thing you learned from this experience was don't make crazy suggestions. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just check his line there. Uh, Rich, just check his line there, Richard, because I'm, I'm trying to get on to Danny. He's, he is on one, but it's, it's not coming through for me. I'll give it back to you. That's true. Yes. Yeah. I suppose both of us have that personality as well. You know that, you know, anything is possible if you really if you really want it. And, mm. and we did see the benefit in it for the kids and for us. You know, even, you know, as at home, we all know life can get very much copy and paste at times. You know, one week rolls into the next. And yeah. uh, when you're away, I mean, those days, even the smallest of things like going to the shop to get the groceries, it's, it's a big immersive experience because it's so different and the language is different and the mannerisms are different. You know, the food is so different. Yeah. So... It does the days. I mean, when we came home, I remember friends saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe you're back!" You know, six months later, you're back already, and it just seemed like a world of time. Yeah. But to hear, you know, as we know, as we're doing right now, I mean, we're all in. You know, today we're all going. Danny's at work. I'm at work. The kids are at school. It's all very, very much copy and paste every week. I think he started. Um, so trying to. He's on. The, he's on the yeah. line now. There, bring him back in, Danny. You're back at work yeah. now. But I was saying at the yeah. time, like making suggestions. Just out of the blue, there. What an adventure! What an adventure! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely, you know. And I suppose, yeah, like it, it's kind of it's funny the way, you know, a small suggestion that your initial knee jerk reaction would be, my God, that's that's ridiculous. That when you know you actually okay, you know, look at it rationally and work out, you know, what the hurdles and you know, go through everything piece by piece. Suddenly, these these ridiculous notions can kind of be achieved, you know, if you break it down, you know, step by step, um, you can kind of get there. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, and like everything else, you know, you know, if you have a ridiculous notion, you know, the more you think about it and the further the weeks go on, suddenly it becomes m- more achievable and more rational. So while we were sitting here looking out the back window at magpies the size of bowling balls and the rain, you were watching monkeys, slots, red-eyed tree frogs, and lots of others. Just they were your neighbours. Yeah. They were around the place with you. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And and it, it, the initial two weeks that we went to Costa Rica, you know, that 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 diversity of of, of animal life really was its most intense. Um, so kind of to go from. You know Ireland, and you know with the with the, the manic nature of trying to get packed and get ready and get set and get sorted, and suddenly you kind of you know, it's a whirlwind, and you're sitting in the rainforest in Costa Rica, and you've all these you know crazy animals that you'd normally seen in a nature documentary just within a few feet of you. 
it, it was really just kind of going from, you know, Ballyclaw in County Cork to Porto Viejo in Costa Rica. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was a war. It was. It was magnificent. It was there was, a point? And I'll ask you both. You first, Danny, seeing each other. Was there a point at which she turned to each other and said, "We've done the right thing here." Uh, every day, you know. I mean, really? Like in yeah, oh, every, every, every single day. Both in that initial six-week trip to Costa Rica, and then in in the six-month um, tour in Central America. Like there was, you know, what we call pinch me moments every day where you're kind of standing there and you're going, oh, like this, this, this is ridiculous. Like this is absolutely amazing. Um, and yeah, no, it was incredible. Now, like the Costa Rica thing was, was just, it, it, it was so easy and it was like every single day was amazing. The six month thing obviously brought, you know, it's few challenges. I mean, with no major disasters, we, there was, there was no point whatsoever where we were kind of looking at each other going, what have we done here? We'd be better off going home. Um, You know, but like, obviously, you know, there's a little bit of work involved. There's a little bit of logistics. You do have, you know, the few odd days traveling, et cetera. Um, But at no point, there was was never any point where we kind of thought we've enough here. Maybe we should go home now, you know? Um, And as I said, every, even in the six month trip away, every single day, there was a moment where you were like, this is, this is this is this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Same to, to you, Aideen. Danny says you felt that way every day. Like, was there a particular moment, though, even in the early days, where you said, "Yeah, we've done the right thing here." Um, yes, I think there was. And when in that six-month trip, I still remember getting getting on the air coach out, you know, in Cork to get to Dublin, and you know, three kids and the bags. And I'm thinking, oh my god, this is crazy. This is definitely the wrong thing. <laughs> what to are do. we doing? What are we doing? Anxiety to go. I'm like, what are we doing? And in my own head, I was thinking, is the house clean enough for the renters? You know, all these all these things that go through your head. Mm. And then eventually, you get there, and we got to this this place where we lived in the Dominican Republic, which was this country we went to, and we had this little chalet and when I remember we woke the following morning we woke up in our bed and I opened the curtain and I looked out right out onto the sea like we were on top of a cliff and we were looking right out onto the sea and the kids were playing I could hear them laughing in the bedroom next door and I went is this real like did this really actually happen were we actually on that air coach yesterday and now we're here in the Dominican Republic and I suppose from that moment on I said right this is it you know just soak it all up and do absolutely everything we can to enjoy it because we knew it wasn't going to last forever. Mm, mm. I mean that we've met so many families who do it full time and really? we are green with envy. I mean, yeah, they rear their families online, you know, on, on traveling all the time. They're just nomadic. They work mm. online and they world school their kids full time. Yeah. And we have so many friends who are still traveling, even though we're back. Um, and we knew, but we knew it was short lived because we don't work online. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we, we tried to make the most of it. You know? I'm, I'm looking at where you were. So you had Dominican Republic, Colombia, Mexico, Guatemala, Nicaragua. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there a... And last year then when, yeah, okay. when we came back, uh, since we've come back, of course, you know, the bug is, is very much within us to keep going and how can we make more of it, even though we have full-time jobs and the kids are in regular school now. Um, so in the summer times, we've just made the pact that we just need to get out of here. You know, we need to, while the kids still want to come with us and it's still young enough that yeah. we, we want to still travel. So mm. last year we went to Africa and we hit Namibia for the summer and that was that was phenomenal too, you know. So I'll ask you both again, let's start with you, Aideen. Of that particular trip, was there one moment that stood out that just you'll never get again and you never thought you'd get? One particular, give me one moment, a vision, a sight, something you've 
found yourself doing in the space of that trip? Mm, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I I'll go with uh, I'll go with um, climbing the volcano in um, Guatemala. So we climbed uh, Catanango is the name of the volcano, mm. where it's a dormant volcano, and you you climb up the dormant volcano, but directly across the vision directly across is an active volcano. Yeah. So at night time, so we climbed up, it took oh nine hours to climb up the mountain. It was, you know, it was hard going getting up there and the kids were said they'll never manage it. You know, Amelia was only six, I think seven, she was seven. And uh, she, she flew up like a mountain ghost or we'd no bother. It was us trailing up behind then. <laughs> and um, when we got up there, it was freezing. We were all wrapped up. It was minus something. And all of a sudden, this vista of the erupting volcano, I mean, that was just you could phenomenal. Into it. You, could feel, you could feel the vibrations in your chest. I mean, it was so loud and it was so, we were so close. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And Danny, Danny, Danny would you have a moment different. like that? Yeah, yeah, again, like that, I mean, there was there was a moment almost every week, if not every day. I suppose my moments would be quite boring for most people. Um, my favourite writer is, is Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and my favourite novel is Of Love and Other Demons. And the, the, the basis of the novel was formed when Mar- Marquez was a journalist working in Cartagena de Indias. And he, there was the uncovering of a crypt in an old Santa Ana monastery in the middle of the old town in Cartagena. And we went to Cartagena and um, we went for breakfast in this what's now a five-star hotel. And as I was walking around the hotel, I kind of started to recognize bits and pieces. And I was thinking, oh, my God, maybe this is it. And it was. The crypts were still there. So the hotel kindly allowed me to go underground. Oh. And so I was able to go into the crypts where the... Um, Sierra de Maria Los Angeles' Todas uh, was uncovered and she had this really, really long hair and Marquez based the novel on, on the finding of this. So to go there... Um, so you were able to go up. to the site where your favourite novel was based? Where the genesis of the novel came <sighs> from, absolutely. Yeah, And, I mean, most of his, you know, a lot of his novels, Love in the Time of Cholera as well, was based in Cartagena. So to be able to walk around the old town in Cartagena and still see buildings that were mentioned in the novel and the streets that were mentioned and the little plazas and squares, for me, was just, was, was, was yeah. Was there, kind of there's a, a thing now, you know, your favourite writer, and I, I, I read a lot, and I, I love, for example, books based in places that I know. D- d- does it bring the love of the book to another level when you realise this is exactly like it was in the book? Yeah, well, it was kind of funny because when we landed in Cartagena, it was a Friday evening, and um, so we got a taxi because we were staying bang in the middle of the old town, and we got a taxi in, and you know, it was I suppose like any you know, like with like a you know Venice or you know, it was, like, it was really really busy, and the place was thronged with tourists, and it was a little bit tacky, you know, with all the things that were being sold and all of this, and I was like. Oh my God! This is actually going to ruin, um, you know, my what I thought of the the, the novels and and the magic, you know, and and Marquette is all about magical realism, and so it was going to ruin that magic. Then I got up very very early the following morning and walked around the city when it was empty, and that was yeah, that was that. So that's really really brought it to kind of life for me. Um, just Fantastic. listening to you know, bells and, and all of that. Yes, a bit like I, I guess I, I once found myself in 221B Baker Street and was most disgusted to discover it's an insurance company, the Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes apartment. Yeah. 18, yeah. they tell me here that your stage school has a particularly significant anniversary. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're just on the way now to the Opera House for our tech rehearsal. Um, we have 20 years of Centre Stage School. Um, wow. It's gala night tonight, tomorrow night in the Opera House. Yes, Big night. Indeed. All sold out, I hope. Yes, more or less, more or less. Few tickets remaining, handful, but yeah, very nearly sold out. Fantastic. And where where's the next travel adventure? Where's the next plan? Uh, so the plan for summer 24, we're in between two countries. We're either, um, we're looking at, we've all our research done for Sri Lanka and Indonesia, um, but we are searching, for, waiting for price, flight prices to come down. So whichever one comes down quickest, we will be either in Sri Lanka or Indonesia for the summer months. Well, from what I'm heard, told with regard to Sri Lanka, the food is among the best in the world. Yeah, we've heard that too. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Okay. Yeah, amazing. Okay. I don't know how my children will handle the spice, but we'll we'll get it. Myself and Danny will love it. <laughs> Lovely. All right, Aideen, thank you. Aideen and Danny, thank you very much. What a fantastic thing to do. Middle of lockdown, they decide, do you know what? We'll be bugger off somewhere for a few weeks and just go on live on an island or something. And they did. And if you want to follow their adventures, I forgot to mention it with the lads there. Thank you both. They have an Instagram, our eyes wide open, with a hyphen under each word. So it's our, or it's, sorry, it's an underscore. Our underscore eyes underscore wide underscore open. Well worth a look. It's fabulous, Graham. Great pictures. 0818 96 96 96. Premier League Live is back this weekend at 96fm.ie with Trevor Welsh and the team. Saturday afternoon, all powered by Talk Sport. Uh, this after uh, this Saturday live coverage Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool that's three and Luton Town against Aston Villa at half past five plus of course any other action as it comes in from around the grounds Premier League live online brought to you by Harvey Norman your home of the big screen you're listening Saturday on the Corks 96 FM app uh, or at or at 96 FM.ie and there's a thing one of the first students at Centre Stage Stage School was I ah, you're joking me our own Katie O'Keefe The word is your chance to win free money on Cork's 96 FM Listen to Lorraine and Ross in the morning and all day The word was listening yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much lad Trusting You won No way Oh my god Yes way Dingleberry for the crack You won Oh my god, I'm speechless. <laughs> All you have to do is tell us the word. Tell us the word. Say the word. For your chance to win the cash. <laughs> Listen after 8, 11, 2 and 5 weekdays. To play the word. The word. Say the word. Only on Cork's 96FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96FM.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Yeah, on the subject of road rage and the increased rageability, as it were, of people on the road, Billy says it's down to impatience and close to zero enforcement. On taxi drivers, Teresa says, PG, we're talking about taxi drivers. I just want to say thank you to a wonderful human being, a taxi driver, Mark O'Halloran, who went absolutely above and beyond driving around just to reunite a lost phone with its owner. He won't be forgotten. Thank you for that. This came in yesterday. We were talking with the unions yesterday, talking with SIP2, and we had a statement 
from the Independent Workers Union about the situation with holiday leave uh, among housekeeping staff at CUH. You were talking about the embargo, the recruitment embargo, which seems to be just slowing everything down. Waiting lists are getting longer and we still have this ridiculous recruitment embargo. Hi PJ, just listening in about the embargo. I know the subject of today's discussion was about annual leave but I wanted to write in about my experience. I feel really helpless about my situation. I think the whole thing goes back to the top, to the government. I'm a registered general nurse who trained in Cork and was working in a hospital in Cork. I took a one-year career break, and that finished at the start of February, and came back to Ireland, all ready for work. I've now been unable to get my job back, despite actually still being employed by the HSE. I'm told the hospital's hands are tied, and they're continuing telling me they're not allowed to take me back until the embargo was lifted. I find a lot of people I talk to don't actually know about the embargo, therefore there's not been enough pressure put on the government about the situation. I'm willing to go back and work in one of the busiest hospitals in the country while I'm being stopped. Thank you. That's a very interesting message. Nurse, working in a hospital in Cork, takes a career break. You have to have the approval of your management for that. It all has to be written up and signed off. Goes off, does the career break, due back the end of February, comes back and says, here I am, back to work. And says, ah, ah, no, no back to work, sorry for you, because we have an embargo. How can you have an embargo on someone who already has a job to come back to? That doesn't make sense. I'd like to know more about that case. Mary Jane. How are you, PJ? Good. You broke down yesterday and experienced a bit of it. Oh, my God. Like, so I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> put, put it that way. I, so, um, I, now, first of all, I want to say, right, because I put it out on Twitter and people were like, oh, people get angry because they think it's a fueling issue. My car, the the I never let my car go below a quarter because... I'd be just paranoid and um, I'm a kind of a last minute person so I could just decide oh I want to fly out to Ballincollig to a shop out there or whatever so I always keep my my fuel full that's the first thing I want to start with and my car was serviced on the 19th of January yeah so it's and it's a relatively new car like it's not an old car anyway I'm on my way back from the gym on my way down to the office and it's you know quarter to eight in the morning and next thing the dash starts flashing um, um, get car serviced and it l- started losing power so I pulled in insofar as I could I was on the right in the right hand lane because I was I, I drive a diesel car it's, you know it's powerful enough so it, it and that's a that's a, a road there that you have to be there's people going off on the left to yeah. go down to the M8 um, and that's exactly where I broke down just after that junction so it was really busy so I um, was like, God, I'd, I've never broken down before. So I was like, what do you do? So I rang my insurance company and they said, you have to ring the Gardaí first. So I rang the Gardaí, then rang my insurance company back um, and gave them the location of where I was. And then I rang the Dunkettle Inter- Interchange yeah. um, because they had emergency toll during the roadworks. Yeah. And they they basically they they it's a safety thing so like it's near the tunnel so it's part of the tunnel management safety and obviously you know that i work for um liba so i, I kind of knew 
the 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 process we'll say yeah really nice guy yeah. came along um I'd say but before he came along um the insurance company had said to me stay in your car and then or no sorry the so, somebody that I rang said stay in the car then they rang me back and said actually I gave you the wrong information get out of your car so that was that was my instinct anyway yeah. I had my hazards on. Um, and I had one of those breakdown triangle things, but I was kind of afraid to put it out because people were coming up at such a speed that they... Anyway, the car was flashing and um, I was outside the car. So I was obviously a female on my own in the car, you know, in the car, mm. standing on the side, waiting for the John Kettle people to come. And were you in the off the traffic of lane, Mary Jane? Did you manage to get off the traffic lane? You did? There's no, there's no hard shoulder there. Ah, okay. So it's two lanes. So I was blocking up a lane, well, half a lane, because the lanes are quite um, broad. And I was right in. And on the right-hand side, PJ, there's a concrete verge. And I don't know that people, when you're driving something every day, I never noticed it before. There's a concrete verge, so I couldn't have gone in any further nice. off the road. Um, and, like, I did everything as a citizen that I was supposed to do. Um, the guards um, had, in, in the interim, contacted the people in Dunkettle. So, like, everyone was aware and yeah. I like it wasn't like I was there for three hours. Like it was all yeah. quite fast. It's all happened. They, the they have a very organised system down in Kettle for dealing with they, something. They like this. really do. I mean, they really, really do. And the thing is, like, there's cones at the side of the road for this, this kind of an emergency. And so, um, because I had already rang my breakdown assistant, they just sent one of the guys up in the truck with the big flashing arrow. Mm. And that was just to keep me safe. Now, I was thinking, God, that like that's a bit extreme now, the guy coming with the flashing arrow. But PJ, I totally needed it. The amount, first of all, of people that were speeding. Now, it is it is a road that you'd be pacey on, but there is a speed limit on it. That's the first thing. Mm. Um, and you're coming off, like you're coming off Tivoli. So you're coming off that Dunkettle interchange. So like, OK, you might flow through it, but it's not necessarily the fact, like you wouldn't be going up to, you wouldn't get up to 100 kilometres an hour in, in 30 seconds, like, you know. Mm. So the amount of people that were, like one guy shook his fist out the window. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, the amount of people that were beeping and like, now I've never passed somebody broken down in traffic, right? No matter how much it inconveniences mm. me um, and thought, oh my God, I'm inconvenienced. I kind of, th- I would always think, oh God, they're having a bad start. It was on Monday morning. I was thinking, I, I'd always say, and I've often, and I travel the link a lot, but I, w- I was just coming from the gym on this occasion. So I came through town. I'd often see people, you know, broken down and think, geez, they're having a bad morning. Mm-hmm. But I'd never think to be beeping at them. But the speed then that some people and the amount of people that were on their phones and came upon my car and had to brake really quickly mm. was frightening so anyway Jim the guy came along a really really nice guy throughout the cones and had the flashing thing on and he was saying to me like he think he said you'd swear that we were just here for the crack <laughs> then the guards came up and asked me did I want to lift to work and was I okay and that I you know they were just kind of reassuring me that I did everything okay and your man Jim was saying to me you should have cried to the insurance company they might have come faster you know <laughs> but then it was a lovely a lovely crowd from Little Island came and rescued me and whatever and I had breakdown assistance mm. and like I often think like geez what am I paying this for but now I know now you know um, yeah. now, you, now I know but the amount of people that were like speeding or just like aggressive you know that kind of aggressive like um um revving the car engine past yeah, then because yeah. they had to drive around as, as if you'd pulled in like to have your sandwiches i mean oh like as if i was there now having a coffee like in my gym gear like with the bloody um 
a, a big long old fleece thing. I'm like, you know, uh, like you wouldn't be caught dead in it. Like, <laughs> so you know, like if I was going to have a have a if I was planning a breakdown. And PJ, you know, what I had to laugh at is I put up that I'd had a breakdown. Some people were like, are you OK? They thought that it was like that I had had an actual breakdown on Twitter. <laughs> but, I, I, but then uh, people were tagging me then in the Cork Safety Alerts. Because the Cork Safety <laughs> Alerts, who do a brilliant job, were on it. You know, they, they said, you know, that there was a breakdown in the lane or whatever. But I couldn't, Im- I, I just couldn't imagine... Um, and then there are people slowing down rubbernecking because they, obviously the big flashing thing, they thought somebody was probably dead at the side of the road or whatever. So the <laughs> no, amount of people rubbernecking between the rubbernecking. I'm, the la- rubber, the I'm laughing at you though they're in your gym gear. You, oh who, yeah, I know. Who, you you that. who puts on your makeup and, and, and does your yeah. full glam to go yeah. to spa. That's it. And I, I had not a scrap of makeup, my hair in a ponytail on top of my head. I was an absolute holy show. So like if I was going to try and break down someone for a bit of attention. But what was happening, I think I was observing it for a while. Um, even when um, the guy from Dunkettle came before the fella came to tow me. And he, in fairness, he towed it to a garage. I rang a garage in Little Island and they said, no problem, bring it down to us. But I, like I was laughing, like the amount of people that were slowing down. And then people were nearly rear-ending them and the traffic was unbelievable because they were having a look. So there was people that were aggressive and like a maniac. Now, listen, I've often been in the car myself and thought to myself, you know, if somebody doesn't indicate or whatever, I think you... <laughs> and I'd have a load of expletives. I'd often think that myself. Genie Mac, don't get me wrong. You know, if somebody does something stupid or whatever. Yeah. But this, this was like I did everything I was supposed to do. But the amount of ragers on the road. And I'm actually glad that we don't have guns in Ireland because I'd say somebody would have shot me. That's how I felt now. <laughs> and was it more men than it's, women? I think the men were kind of worse. The women were kind of half looking in sympathy. But I'll tell you, before the guy in the Dunkettle thing came, not one person pulled in ahead of me and asked me, was I okay or could, could they help me? Not one person. Mm. So that'll now, you know, it was obviously, you know, it was an inconvenient place to, in fairness, but like, you know, you, know, you didn't I, choose I, I've it. Often, you didn't choose yeah, exactly. Like it was an inconvenient place, but like nobody kind of wound down their window when they weren't, because there was a bit of a backlog, a slight backlog of traffic, but that, that road now has, is so efficient and so fast that like it, I didn't, there wasn't a bloody, it, there wasn't a tailback down Tivoli like grand thing. There wasn't an accident. There wasn't a fatality. The lane was closed for 25 minutes. And you'd swear, you'd swear to God now I'd taken all their cornflakes and dumped them out into the middle of the road. And your biggest concern was, look at the state of me. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Jane, good girl. Good girl. Good talking. Good talking to you. Oh, the glam chop. Uh, on, on social media Mary Jane see you Friday girl at the awards night 0818 yeah we're looking forward to this by the way uh, a quick 10 second mention I'm so looking forward to being involved with the Pride of Cork Awards they'll be presented on Friday night at the Radisson Blue Hotel in Little Island we've got about 20 or so awards just people who are and groups who are the Pride of Cork and myself and Patricia Messenger from C103 will be presenting those awards on Friday night and really looking forward to it. So I'll see you there, Mary Jane. 0818969696. John says anyone caught on the mobile phone should get a lifetime driving ban. If that doesn't get into their thick heads, nothing will. It's a serious issue. It's costing lives, and the people doing it just aren't paying attention to ads, penalty points, or fines. Strong, but you never know. Thanks, John. 
The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 23rd to 25th to raise funds for Cork Cancer Services. I'll be there for yep. you. 85 days away now from the start. 85 days away from the start of Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon. You could be considering now what you'll do. Maybe you'll host a coffee break, fill one of our change collector boxes, just support the Radiothon any way you can. Stick on your jersey on Jersey Day. Organize your own way to fundraise. Make it open. Tell us what you're doing. We'll give you all the support you need. Get started on it now at 85 days to go. It'll pass before you know it. And full details how to get involved are at 96fm.ie and look for Radiothon. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. We'll play a game in the word just before we quit at 12. But the Blood Bike South charity, wonderful, wonderful operation. Uh, They are looking for someone, or at least Susan, one of their volunteers, would love to know who made a very sizable donation to Blood Bike South and just walked away and left it there. Susan, we'll, we'll get to your mystery donor in just a sec, but talk to me first about Blood Bike South and the work that you do. Morning. Good morning. Um, PJ, we started up Blood Bike South 10 years ago. It's actually our 10th anniversary now in May. So a lot of people that have... there. It's usually bikers that they set it up because they saw that there was an opening for transporting uh, samples around the, the city from hospitals to hospitals. It's a charity-run organisation and basically we, we, we rely on a lot of donations and we do some charity work ourselves. Mm-hmm. But basically what we do is we transport samples. So it could be a blood sample to the blood bank or it could be samples of medication or chemo samples around the city. Okay. Now, they, we put out two runs every night from Monday to Friday and they start at 7pm to 7am the following morning. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we have a 24-hour service, yeah. which means that every every night there's two vehicles on the road and at the weekends there's four on Saturday and four on Sunday. And how far would you go then? Are you just Cork or do you go beyond Cork? So that's it. We have, two, we have two runs. One, you volunteer to do the city run and that is around Cork City Hospitals, and there's also an out-of-town run, it's called. So it's basically that, just if there's a sample to go to, say, St. James Hospital or Crumlin or Beaumont, they start off in Cork City, and we go up Midlands. So pick up a sample in CUH, and you bring it up to an hour and a half up by Junction 3. There, Blood Bike East would meet us, and they take us on the next leg up to whichever hospital it goes to. Then there's also, on a Sunday we would do a breast milk donation run. So some women would donate their breast milk and that is collected from from the homes of the women sometimes. So then we would take that up to the Midlands also and we would meet other blood bike runs from there. So then they take it on to Enniskillen where it's actually treated and then it's returned back to all the maternity units in Cork. So the, the neonatal units, which is a fantastic donation from the women themselves, as you can imagine. Yeah. If you had a small baby at home, you have enough to be doing without um, expressing milk for a donation, but these people do that. That's fantastic. So we just facilitate them. It is. That's fantastic. Now, it is, it as is. well as the bikes, you have a car that's sponsored yeah. by, by Blackwater Motors, little VW Polo. That helps you in your work too. Now, were you driving the car the day this happened? 
So yes, I was I was on call on Saturday the seventeenth of February. So I had two runs in the morning. So then at around three o'clock, I met, went down to Barney Willemills to meet friends for coffee. Which once I have the phone on me and stay near enough to the hospitals, that's fine. Mm. So I went down. We had our coffee, and around half four, I came out to Blarney Willemills, and because I got a call to for a collection from CUH to the South Infirmary. Mm. And when I got to the car, I didn't see anything. It was only when I actually put on the wipers, I realised, my God, or something. I thought it was a leaf, but once I got out of the car, I realised it wasn't. So it was actually three notes that were left there. There was two 50-euro notes and a 10-euro note, which is just, it's, that's incredible to us. Wow. Um, so they were just left on the wipers. There was no note or to say who exactly left it. But to keep three bikes and a car on the road for that amount of mileage... It's a lot. It's a big expense to us. So this donation is just incredible, yeah. just for parking up the car in Blarney Watermills. This this would put a lot of petrol in that car and a lot of fuel Absolutely. in the motorbikes. Yeah. Absolutely. But as well as that, it was even just that the generosity of a person to see the car. I believe they emptied their purse or their wallet, and for them to actually do that and just walk away without not looking for any recognition whatsoever, I think is incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I think it's a lovely cork story. <laughs> are, you there, are you there for, from day one, Susan? Myself, no. I'm only there three years, but there's a lot of people there from day one. Yeah, and as I say, it's 10th year anniversary, so it's, it's, it's incredible. Fantastic. And the, you, we don't, I even being belong to it, don't realise the logistics of all the work that people do in the background of this, just to make sure that, every, that when I leave Cork, that there's somebody there to meet me on the other side. Yeah. If we're going up the country, that alone is incredible. Could could you sometimes get a run to go, say, halfway to Dublin and meet another bike for something going to Dublin, yeah? That's what we do, yes. We do that at night time, seven nights a week, and then during the day as well on Saturday and Sunday. We'd go up an hour and a half up to Junction 3 in Leash, and we'd meet someone that would come down from Blue Bike East. They'd bring it on the further journey then from there. And you're all volunteers, no one gets paid? Nobody gets paid, it's all volunteers. And it's the t- help of Blackwater Motors, as you said, they give us a car, which means if the road is bad and the bikers can't get out on the road, they use the car. And myself, I, I'm not on a bike, a few of us just do car alone. And then also we have Karen Nash, she has the car, the insurance for the bikes. She sponsors the insurance on the three bikes every oh, year. Wow. Which is, it's incredible. Yeah, all the, you know, there's a good few people that help us like this, but they're our main sponsors, which Blackwater Motors and Karen Nash, which are fantastic help to us. Wouldn't it be lovely to find the person who generously, like you say, probably emptied their pocket or their wallet and just left it under the wiper of the car on the 17th of February, mid-afternoon outside Blarney Woolimels? If if they're listening, what would you like to say to them now? Well, 110 euros is a lot, a lot of money and just we're so grateful to them and it has given a great boost. There's actually 70 of us in Blood Bike East or Blood Bike South so there's 70 members, so it has given us a great boost within the 70 of us, you know, uh, for it to be recognised for the volunteering work that we do. That's fantastic. So thank you so much. Thank you very, very much for, that, the, per- that, to the if, person. If that person is listening this morning to us and you'd like to tell us uh, why you did that, then we'd love yes. to talk to you. We'd love to talk. Even just to hear the story behind, well, I would presume we, they, we would have helped them somewhere along the line. But even again, just as you said, to, to hear their story would be lovely. And again, just to thank them so much for what they did, for the kind generosity. And because they didn't leave a note, they're not looking for anything at all. But 
would be just nice to know. And Susan, there are many people listening, I imagine, whose lives have been touched as well by the work of Blood Bike South. Thank you very much for all that you do. And thank you so much, PJ, for having us on. Thank you. The word is your chance to win Cheers, free money. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, we are up against it clockwise. Really are pretty much out of time, but... I met the coolest dog, the dog's name. <laughs> My mother didn't get a look in for the entire hour. Yeah, that's great ketchup, Lorraine. <laughs> Janice, 4,250 euro. Can you help here? Because I have no idea what you tell me, whether it's right or I wrong. I hope I can. <laughs> what have you? I am Richard. Richard. You reckon yeah. maybe Richard. Let's see if Richard. Nah. Unfortunately, Janice. Oh, no. I know, so you won't be going off to the Ireland <laughs> Rings competition in Dublin. They tell me you'd love to go to. <laughs> All right, next time up with Simon this afternoon is worth 4,500 euro. Will we ever shift this one? Will we ever shift this one? It's great fun now. It's gone since last Friday. That's it for today. Program edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. All of your podcasts up ASAP. We'll see you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818969696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.